Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of the High Ground Podcast. I am uh, excited tonight because I I love music, and we're going to be going into the music of Star Wars. Um, Man, like, John Williams is a beast, uh, but we also got some other people in there as well. So we're going to be going through each of the eras, and yeah, I can't wait to talk to my amazing guests, as well as you guys in the chat right here on the High Ground Podcast. Hello and welcome, everybody. Uh, we have a familiar face with, with Josh, and we have Camilla joining us for the first time. Um, and then we have, uh, well, actually, it looks like Xanthi is getting ready to join us as well. Uh, but I'll give her a second to uh, get set up. Um, <clears throat> But yeah, let me go ahead and shout out these people in the chat real quick first. Hey, we got St. Patton here, Chris, Star Wars lawyer. Uh, Chris is the best. Like, if you guys aren't following Chris, please, please do. Um, we got the Podwans podcast, who I've been checking out. Hopefully, I'll be able to make it over there soon. Xcore Gamer Skills, um, Jay Kevin Parker with Epic Worldview. It's awesome. Michael Martin, hello. Uh, have Dob here. AJ Sav, Aria Cosplays, uh, Xanatos, awesome group in, in the chat, and uh, awesome group joining us. So let's go around. I'll have you start out by saying, you know, who are you? Uh, where do we find you and your awesome content? And then just your favorite experience in the Star Wars community, just uh, as an icebreaker. And I'm going to go to Camilla first. Awesome. Well, hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Camilla. You can find me on TikTok at Boricua Wookie. Um, you can also find me on Instagram through a podcast that I started recently. It's a Star Wars narrative podcast. It's called Beings of the Galaxy, and it takes you on a journey guided by host Lannis Locke to discover the everyday slices of life that make up our galaxy far, far away. Um, you can find that wherever podcasts are streaming, also on Instagram at Beings of the Galaxy pod. Um, my favorite experience in the Star Wars, in the community, I would have to say so far is, is the community itself and specifically the TikTok community. I've always, I've been a nerd and thus that included generally enjoying Star Wars growing up, but it really wasn't until rewatching all of the Star Wars movies before Rise Skywalker came out and, um, and then joining the TikTok, downloading TikTok during quarantine and watching Clone Wars and Rebels that I really started to get to know people. And, and I'm a very relational person. And so it's been really awesome to meet everyone and get to know people and, and to build relationships. And so all of the lovely people in the Star Wars TikTok community, you are my favorite part. Awesome. We, uh, we, we, we love you too. <laughs> uh, we'll go to uh, Josh next. Uh, thanks, Brandon. Um, hi, everybody. I'm Josh, uh, more I guess more popularly known as Mace Windu. Um, the name is a running joke. My buddy always called Mace Windu Mesa Windu, and so I was like, let me just make it my username to be a to be a to be a smartass. So um, I can thank him for that. But uh, I am also I can also be found on TikTok at Mesa Windu. Um, I also have a YouTube channel, same username. Um, I typically do jack of all trades focused mainly on star Wars. 
Um, and for whatever reason, pirates were a thing too. I don't, <laughs> whatever. I mean, <laughs> the algorithm, man. But um, but Star Wars is my passion, and more importantly than that, than that, I've always um believed firmly that Star Wars is only as good as the music that comes along with it. So John Williams, uh, Michael G- G- Giacano, I think his name is. Um, and everybody else who Kevin Kiner, um, all these composers that worked on the uh, franchise do an excellent job capturing the magic that is Star Wars. So, yeah, that's why I'm here today. Awesome. I love it. Also, I got the shout out to Paul in here dropping some love. Um, Yub Nub for life. Uh, that will be a question that I will be asking <laughs> later once we get into the original trilogy. Thoughts Looking on forward Yub-Nub. to that one. <laughs> um, I, I have some interesting thoughts that came up just today. Uh, but yeah, last but certainly not least, we have Xanthios just on their podcast recently. I had such a great time. I had to bring you on. Um, but yeah, if uh, you can let us know who are you, where can we find you and your awesome content and your favorite part of the community. Sweet. Let me know if my mic is double doubling right now. Can you oh, hear me? no, it's perfect. Oh, perfect. perfect. Um, I'm Chrysanthi Tan or... Or, so used to saying my full name. That's weird. Uh, you can call me Xanthi. I have a podcast called Star Wars Music Minute in which we essentially dissect the music of Star Wars movies five cinematic minutes at a time. So I had, um, I mean, it hasn't been released yet, but it'll be released soon. Um, you'll get to hear uh, Darth Chaco's minutes. We analyzed together like five minutes from The Last Jedi. And it was I had a really great conversation with you. That was a, that's definitely a highlight. Um, my favorite experience in the community is basically any of the long form conversations that I get to have. Um, and so usually that entails, you know, being on a podcast or, or hosting my own podcast or meeting other people that have, you know, conversations that are longer than a Twitter exchange or, you know, a misinterpreted mm-hmm. something or other. Um, I find those really valuable because for me, Star Wars is not just about the things people find cool and the hot takes and and whatever. It's sort of talking about it at length because it it sheds light on the rest of life. Yeah. Fully, fully agree with that. You know, I, I wasn't half like, I, I also wanted to find people suck to talk stories with that's why i made this i'm just like you know what i'm just gonna start asking random people on the internet just talk to me about star wars <laughs> and and now now we're here so yeah i i absolutely love it um <clears throat> and then for me obviously you guys know where to find me but there is another place dyad in the forest the podcast that i do with element seven um typically every saturday at 5 p.m Every now and then it gets moved to a Sunday. We will have some news very shortly for you guys on the uh, trivia contest finale uh, where we're giving away that lightsaber from Master Allen. Um, all the finalists have been doing awesome jobs and we, we've we just been trying to arrange everything. And it's hard to build these these quizzes. It, it takes, takes some time, but yeah. All right, so we're gonna jump in here. We're gonna jump to the music. Um, I want to, like, I always start by calling on someone, but we want this to be conversational, so feel free to jump in with, with your thoughts and your points. Um, I want to start by, you know, going to Mace first, uh, Josh first, and that's asking, what's your, your history with music and just and what it means to you? 
Uh, sure. Um, be happy to. Um, so music has been a fairly big part of my life since I was a, a very young kid. Um, uh, even back when I thought I could sing and then back when I was just listening to music and then I was like, Oh, I think I'm okay. You, you at can singing. Sing. I, I, I don't, you know me, I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't really talk about it that much, but I do, I do enjoy music. Absolutely. And I think a good reason behind that was like listening to like movie scores and like I felt like I was one of those loner kids because I felt like I was the only one that if you looked inside my iPod you would see like a bunch of like movie scores it's like why is why are you listening to like the soundtrack of of like I don't know Godzilla it's like what what about this it's like well this song and it's hard to explain that to a middle schooler who mainly listens to like you know pop pop music and stuff like that but as I got older, like I was like, okay, music's pretty cool. I took it a lot more seriously. I got to college, uh, tried majoring in it. Um, then I realized really quickly that even if you enjoy listening to music and you may even be decent enough at singing it, it's an entirely different ball game, you know, composing and writing it, which you do absolutely need to know those things when you become a music major. So uh, poor little me about halfway through the first semester of college, I was like, hey, mom, I think I'm going to like switch majors to something else. (laughs) And she thought, Oh no, but like, and so we had that whole conversation, but then, but, but even though I didn't end up making music a big part of my college experience in the long run, music has absolutely still been a part of my life. I mean, I've, I've um, helped out with like concerts. I've stayed in the choirs and stuff like that. And throughout it all, I've enjoyed and been obsessed really with so many pieces of star wars music and i think through my life there were different songs that popped out to me as as a kid and as i got older i grew to appreciate more songs now that i didn't when i was younger and then now i'm kind of just like you know man I, I i like what i like and it is what it is like if you think it's weird that i have 50 songs from a movie soundtrack then you're gonna have to just think that it's weird <laughs> so so uh yeah that's pretty much my history Awesome. Uh, I mean, my my big thing, I used to snowboard a lot. Uh, and the soundtrack to Pirates of the Caribbean while snowboarding just hits like... That sounds like a hell of a time. <laughs> you're going through the trees and it's just like, uh, you're, you're just unstoppable. It's dangerous. Because <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, uh, how about you, Xanthi? I am... Well, I'm autistic, and when I was young, I didn't really speak that much, and I had trouble really communicating. I still do to an extent, but um, I really was not, like, a big talker. I had trouble expressing Mm -hmm. myself, and the first time I heard an inch, the first time I saw an instrument and got to, like, touch it, I just, I don't know, that was it, and I saw, and then I, so I started on piano, I started playing piano and then I saw a violin on TV and thought it looked like magic and just had to do it. And so I was very fortunate to have had the opportunity to study music growing up. Um, I'm a professional violinist and composer and I've only known this like artistic way of life just as a uh, professional artists like this is this is what I do and live and um I've gotten to do incredible things because because of it and I mean I can't just my life it's not that I I'm not I don't even say that I'm like passionate about music it's just um 
there is no like me without it. It's just a part of me. So I consider like Star Wars a passion, um, but music is more like the way I communicate. It's like just so intrinsic. That's how I feel about music. Ah, so uh, I love it so much. Uh, how about you, Camilla? Yeah, um, that's so beautiful also, Xanthi. Thanks for sharing that. Um, so yeah, I feel like similar to what's been said, music has been a part of my life um, since I was very young. I started playing piano when I was four. Um, and so uh, I went through the whole phase of hate playing piano, mom and dad, let me quit. I don't wanna do this, I don't wanna practice anymore. And they didn't let me quit. And I'm so thankful that they didn't let me quit because now it is one of my favorite things to do is to play piano and to listen to different themes. And during um, the beginning of quarantine, I, I did a little series on Instagram that I called Quarantunes where I would mix together different themes that meant a lot to me. Um, and yeah, and so music has always been a part of my life. Piano, play guitar a little bit was in musical theater growing up and choir, all of the good stuff. Um, and it's it's always been a way to convey the things that I feel that words can't express. Um, I'm a very emotionally driven person and sometimes it's hard for me to communicate how I feel through words, um, but music has always been there to communicate what I'm feeling in different situations, whether it's loss or hopefulness or excitement and adventure. Um, and and a lot of that also comes from different scores um, to be able to listen to different movie scores and in the, in the different moments in my life that they, that they really helped me communicate things that I was struggling with and things that I was going through. Um, so yeah, music is one of the most important things in my life. And, and, and I'm so thankful that my parents never let me quit piano when I was a kid. Awesome. Oh, man, we just started. We're getting, this is, this is good. Uh, I, I, I feel kind of, kind of lame with my, my own <laughs> story, but um, no, music has always been part of my family. Um, my, my dad used to play, played bass for his church growing up and which means, you know, and, and it's just like, you know, on the TV where, women will stand up and start singing and then if you're in the band you got to figure out what song she's singing what key she's singing in and just go you know and that that was just a big part so my dad was trying to be a professional musician that's what got him traveling uh that's what got him to my mom who also sings um so just grew up with that um i've been a percussionist for uh i, I don't even know how to quantify the time period anymore but um you know, drums and other stuff. And I've always loved it. I've always had so much fun uh, with it as like an expression and also doing percussion in the background of like musicals and stuff. I did that in jazz band in school where people are running down the stairs. So you got to run over to the vibraphone and like do a run as they're running up and then run back over here and hit the gong when it hits midnight. And uh, that was for Into the Woods, um, and I, I had to do that one a lot. I was the only percussionist. I was sweating the entire time, but it was- Percussionists awesome. get such, like they work up such a sweat. Yeah. <laughs> Very strenuous. There's nothing worse than when you're running to a different instrument and you're like, 
where where's the other mallet? And you have to like spot it before you get there because if you don't pick, yeah, the whole thing is a kind of motion. If I have to go one foot further this way, I'm gonna slide into the piano. <laughs> so I need to figure this out right now. Um, yeah, so that, that was a thing. But then I became a drummer, played in a band with my sister and my best friend for years. We played all over the Sacramento area. Uh, been in, in a few bands. I picked up guitar, a little bit of piano. Um, I don't sing well, but I sing proudly. Um, so that's... Good man. <laughs> uh, so... Yes, ma'am. <laughs> uh, I... Uh, let's see. Uh, DePaul asks in the chat, "Is like, does he sing or does he sing?" Um, Josh can sing. I can sing. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll put it. We'll put it that way. <laughs> but yeah, then that's why you know, for for Star Wars, uh, the music is the emotions. Like the fact that you know all the other things that were space driven had all these like synth tracks and things like that at the time period, and George opted for this score and i think it was the best decision he could have ever made because it's i think it's what's made this stay the test of time and how just hearing some of these some of these themes can just bring you to tears so that's why i wanted to talk about it so we're going to go straight into uh the original trilogy time period and we'll go around we'll talk about the themes that we love um i also Pulled up my Spotify here, but I don't uh -oh. want to anger the YouTube guy. Oh, no. So yeah, be careful. <laughs> no, don't do that. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Not gonna do that at all. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll just talk about the themes that we like from from the different uh, different films um, with the original trilogy. And I'm gonna go to Xanthi first. Uh, what what jumps out at you? What is your um, what's the questions I asked? <laughs> your your and, and again, this is conversational. So everyone can jump in and talk about, you know, each other's um, favorite themes and things like that. But yeah, what is your favorite theme or your favorite scene? And what makes it special? So I have, I always really struggle to find my favorite, you know, to define my favorite of anything because I think favorite is sort of, I don't know, it's not something that I relate to understanding because things are meaningful for me at different times and based on different types of context. And so I have my short, I have my pithy short answers and then I have like my real answers. So if you wanted like a pithy answer, then I would say like my favorite theme is the force theme. I love the force theme. I just think it's, I mean, I can explain all the reasons. I mean, I can explain all the reasons I love it, but at the end of the day, I think, over explaining doesn't really doesn't really do anything because it's such a subjective like because I just love it that's the reason I can point out like what it's doing I can point out like the chord progression and the sort of melodic leaps that it makes but those facts are not they don't equate the feeling mm -hmm. that's just things that I also happen to notice about it um, so I, I love the force theme um, and I think the action set piece themes or, you know, the action set pieces are just really stunning scoring, like the asteroid field and, and you know, the Battle of Hoth and just some of these really, some of these moments that are really specific to when they happened in the film and that are so through composed. And I think that's sort of rare today um, and rare with 
I mean, rare in a lot of films, but I think it's, uh, those are also just my favorite in a different way. Like maybe it doesn't mm -hmm. evoke the same immediate emotion when I hear asteroid field recalled from, or like the TIE fighter theme, you know, recalled from the prequels. Like, yeah, mm -hmm. I'm going to be more emotional if like I hear Leia's theme, but, um, I admire both in different ways. Yeah. I, I love it. And yeah, don't don't ever be afraid here to jump into the thick of it because that's 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 why we're here. Um, but no, you, you make such a strong point because it's uh, that's the special thing about music is because the music I feel uh, communicates to a more core level of humanity. And so like and that's why like Camilla, you said sometimes it's hard to verbalize things, but you can get it out, express it through music. And it's it's like um, when we feel things before we are able to process and explain them. That's just how we function. It's communicating right. to a more core level of of being. If someone asks, uh, "Why do you love your wife?" and I can explain, like, "Oh, you know, she she does this for me. And she's so kind and she's funny, and we all laughed." And then you ask, okay, so if you found someone else that was kind and funny and, and all this stuff, would you love them just as much? And the answer is no. Those are just things I'm saying around it, but there's no words. The part of your brain that emotes doesn't have a mouth. We, we, we're trying to always trying to translate that. So music kind of bypasses that. That's why I love it. Um, well, I, I, can I also jump in and say that also music reveals our own insecurities and tendencies and things that we find safety in. So I think I never really trust myself if I feel really like I hate something, like I hate how something sounds or I love something or, you know, if I ever find myself on the verge being like, well, this is better because of all this or like, you know, if I ever find myself on the verge of trying to make a statement, you know, a, quant a qualitative statement about something that is just a feeling and a reaction, then I mean, I do think like it is important to sort of to challenge like why, why do I think I might not like this? Because there's so much subconsciously happening. Um, mm -hmm. You know, a lot of times our biases like in the, all of our parts of life show up in how we listen to music. And I mean, I'd say that, I mean, that just always happens. Like it's, it's not yeah. like a pure thing to, to, to look at. And so, yeah, if I feel the thing, if I feel the most emotion around something, it could literally just be, I don't know, I've wired in a memory of, you know, <laughs> maybe I can play that really well. So like, I feel motivated to like it because I like to play it and I'm, and I, maybe I sound good playing this one versus that one. Mm -hmm. And that explains why a lot of things growing up that I was good at playing, I also happened to like better. And the ones that I was bad at playing just <laughs> happened that, I mean, I, they're just not as good. They're just, I just didn't. <laughs> I so agree with that. Uh, yeah, I, I love it. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, how about you, Camilla? Yeah, I think uh, going off of that, the I totally agree with the looking back. I think about the pieces that I thought. Well, I do think are my favorite that I used that I would play and will revisit when I go back to my parents' house and they have an actual piano and the, all the sheet music there. Um, and I'm like, and I revisit things that I like to play and I think are my favorite, but it's, yeah, that's, it's only because I'm really good at them and I don't like the stuff that's really hard. So I totally relate with that. Um, in terms of 
the original trilogy music, um, again, going off of what's been said, feeling it's, I was trying to think through what are my different favorite themes and I kept coming back to what are the ones that make me feel the most um, because my feelings and emotions are very important to me. And in the original trilogy, it is Princess Leia's theme. Um, yes, it makes me it makes me feel everything every time it shows up in in the other movies, and I mean, recently in the Bad Batch with Hera, uh, it makes me feel everything. I I love Hera. Uh, Leia is one of my favorite characters, and and I love how the theme is so hopeful and also very innocent. But for me personally, and and I love what you said, Xanthi, about how the things that we love and why we love them are very subjective. So for me personally with, with Leia's theme, it's a picture of her journey through Star Wars into becoming the heart of the rebellion and of the resistance. And so you, you see her kind of on her own and young and, and when she's first taken by Darth Vader, when you first hear her theme, but then as it builds, as the song builds into that epic ending that you kind of also hear in the in the Rise of Skywalker main title theme, um, it's it's a culmination of her journey, and then it's also just a picture of yeah her her being the heart of the resistance and the rebellion. So it makes me feel everything, and I love it so much. Oh, no, I I love it, um, and we have a lot of. You know, awesome people speaking up in the the chat. Uh, Padawan's podcast. Ooh, lips aren't working. Um, <laughs> is you know, force theme. You know, when it's their darkest moments, there's always hope. Um, you know, uh, Dadalorian is talking about Yoda's theme, Imperial March, Asteroid Field, as well as um, Mandalorian theme, which I'm kind of separating. We'll be talking about side. Um, Non Skywalker saga. If you wanted to get really technical, like I guess <laughs> you could say. Oh, <laughs> uh, but yeah. X Core says, you know, Leia really is the heart of Star Wars, and that's why her theme hits hits so hard. Um, yeah. Yeah, you're gonna make me cry. Eventually, uh, yeah. <laughs> I like, wouldn't be surprised. I'm gonna say this. I'm like, I was listening to different themes to prepare for the podcast, and every single one that was just like sitting in my couch, just trying, not trying, actually crying because mm -hmm. it's different. So if if tears happen in this podcast, it's that's why. Hey, it's it's okay. I, I have cried on this podcast before, so. Um, it's, it's okay. I've already broken that seal. Uh, but yeah, uh, how about you, Josh? Um, well, you guys gave awesome answers. I feel the exact same way. <laughs> where like, you know, when I, I mean, I, I think I mentioned it in one in my first uh, question too. Like, as I got older, I started looking at certain songs differently and started like, in a way, I kind of like grew up like with the song like like when i first listened to like something like princess leia's song you know i'm like an eight-year-old boy i'm like oh girls cooties so like when i hear like da, 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 i'm like eh, it's girls but like as i get older i'm like damn that is like one of the most like heart pulling songs i've ever heard like when i heard it at the end of the the last jedi they gave that little motif 
when it said in lovely loving memory of our princess Carrie Fisher. I sat in the as much as I had an issue with that movie at the time. I was like, dang, I don't know how I feel about the movie. They played that, and I was just like, <laughs> I was just like, like, I thought you didn't. I was like, I have my issues, but that's oh my gosh. But if I had to choose um the the song that I can consistently go back and like feel something every single time I listen to it, it probably would be Yoda's theme. Um, mm. I feel like there's a certain and forgive me, I'm I'm not as eloquent with words when I describe this, but like there's something about like it, the, the, when it builds up towards the towards the end of the song where it's like bro i was listening to that a couple months like oh my gosh and i sat there and i was i was sitting in my car i think and like I was on the highway, stuck in traffic after a long day at work, and I hear it. I'm, it's Friday night. I'm just like, <laughs> dude's probably driving by me. Like, what the hell is wrong with you? Oh my god! There's something about like I mean, you can just feel like the the wisdom and the the. It feels like it's describing somebody who has seen it all. And, you know, when, you know, you look at a lot of older people and like a lot of them, unfortunately, have a very cynical view of life because they've seen it all. This feels like an older person that has seen it all and has like a more positive out view outlook mm -hmm. of life to me. Like, that's how I always interpreted it, because it feels like a guy like you, like Uncle Iroh, for example, or Yoda, like these two guys, like you talk to them, you talk about your problems. You're like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And like this dude has heard it from himself and from 50 other people over the course of hundreds and hundreds of years. And like, he already has the answer for you at the end of it. And so when I hear like that song from the beginning, it feels like there's a lot of uncertainty. And then at the end, it just feels like this big, like revelation almost that like, it's going to be okay. And it's just like, I love it. It feels like a very grandpa grandfatherly type of like, and, and it still captures that essence of what star Wars is too. So like you you hear like the the, the triumphant sounds that George Lu uh, George Lucas John Williams put together, um, the, the trumpets and like the the, the uh, what, what was the other big instrument in that song? Um, on the tip of my tongue, I'm so sorry, but um, they play all of it and when it swells, it's just like oh my gosh. So yeah, I think by a comfortable margin that song. I think it's just called Yoda's theme, or is it called something else? I don't know. Yeah, it's it's just just Yoda's theme, but there is like a reprisal for what he's living li lifting the X wing that I, I has that ethereal feel. Yeah, and so like I think that's probably my favorite like or like piece from that trilogy. Yeah. I love what you said, and you sort of said like, oh, it's just your opinion with him sort of having the uh, open minded mentality still, um, even though he's very old, sort of, and I do think the chord progress okay so so yoda's theme so he does share a lot of, like his theme shares a lot of similarities with themes that i would associate with like youthfulness and sort of magical characters so like if you consider yoda's theme And if you take those same first two chords, you could also apply that to young Anakin's theme. 
Oh, wow. And then you can also apply wow. it to Rose's theme. Yeah. So these are all yeah. like sort of characters that are in a optimistic state. You could also apply it, if we look at other John Williams work, you could apply it to like E.T. Wow. And so I think your assessment of Yoda is like spot on there. Not that that proves it, but it is just a collection of, you know, data and you could look at it and see all the other characters that that chord progression is associated with. Absolutely. That's incredible. Wow. Now I'm wondering if the chicken came first or the egg is like, have we always associated these tones with certain characters or certain time periods? And so now when we hear them reprise, it carries over or is that the tonality is what lifts us up and that's why it's used for these types of characters. I think it's the association. And yeah. I think it, the first time it works, it's like, I think, I mean, music is all just like what we like and what our culture values and considers dark and, and mysterious versus other things. It's like all cultural. I mean, if I put this into like the context of, I mean, I'm half Cambodian. If I were to put this in Cambodia, I mean, I don't know, everything is Americanized everywhere. So they'd probably get it. But, you know, if, I, if, I, if we were to listen to like their music, like the traditional Cambodian music, I think... Uh, most Americans would just sort of not be able to distinguish between some, diff- you know, emotional differences that seem really distinct over there. No, that's a great point. Um, yeah, I didn't think about it like that. Uh, also, we got X-Wing in the chat. Thank you again. Um, and yes, we're, we're all about the love and positivity here. And um, and uh, and sadness, as as the these musical <laughs> themes are bringing out. But, but optimistic like pure, you know. Um, so yeah, I know I'm, <laughs> I am loving it. So uh, Josh, you kind of shared that. And is that also like one of your just favorite scenes from the um, original trilogy? Um, oddly enough, and this is kind of cheating. So I apologize for that. I, I didn't really like truly associate the song with the scene until I saw it in the last Jedi where Yoda's talking to Luke. Um, like when they they play like a piece of that song at the end of the at the end of the scene and i remember hearing it at the end of that scene and i was like you know for whatever reason it it hit me harder there than it did in empire strikes back so i was like oh wow that's very interesting so so not necessarily that scene that i associate with it's a, a completely different trilogy that i associate that scene with um that song with but yeah all right good to know uh, all right, all right, all right. This is this is the hot take time. We we are we're gonna we're gonna oh, do God. it. This is this is for DePaul. This is for uh, Xcard Gamer Scales and all the guys at the uh, Conspiracy Cantina. Um, Yub Nub versus the uh, New Victory Celebration. Where where are you at in this uh, debate? I'm gonna I'm gonna ask Zampi first. Victory. Victory celebration. Okay. And Camilla. Yub Nub victory celebration. Victory also for me. Okay. And uh, Josh? It's a sweep. Yeah, by a fair margin. Victory <laughs> I, got, I got heat for I'm this surprised. one. I got, I got I'm surprised. I used to be the only one. I, I got heat for this on TikTok. They were like, how dare you slander Yub Nub? I was like, bro. Anytime I talk about it too. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm sorry, bro. Like, y'all can't, like, I understand it was popular and, you know, a lot of the hate 
or criticism towards the, you know, remastered versions that George Lucas threw out there. Totally warranted, I'd argue. That is one of the few changes that I will never, ever criticize because that song, like, I also like Jedi Rocks. That too, yeah. Yes. That song, (laughs) I felt like that. I felt like uh, I felt like Victory Celebration did a much better job of capturing what felt like at the at the time it was the end of the the Star Wars story four five and six. I mean I know at the time when George Lucas came up with the new versions the prequel trilogy was already underway, but like it feels like a satisfying end to everything. It it and and it what I like about it the most is. It doesn't take away anything from like the Ewok aesthetic of it. You still mm-hmm. hear the, you still hear their kind of instruments in the back. You hear the chanting. You still hear like the the beats that kind of go with it. It's just not like yub nub. It's it's it, it kind of like transitions almost into the greater outro, if you will, for the rest of the story. Like you, I I love the part where um, Luke sees the the now hated Christensen Anakin Skywalker. Um, and like they, they play the song towards the end. It's like, and it's like, it's like, it's like, I love how it blends everything together. And like Lando and Han are giving each other hugs. And I'm like, see, that would make, that would make me a lot more emotional playing that than like, I'm like, all right, that's fine. Like, the song is cute. I'm not dissing Yub Nub. I just far prefer like victory celebration, you know? Here's my official take on it. Okay. I think you have to, like, the question is usually not which one is objectively a better song. It's like, which one works better in the movie? In my head, Yub Nub is still playing. Yub Nub is a diegetic piece of You have to consider like Yub Nub is happening diegetically. It's like the Ewoks are singing it. So diegetically Mm -hmm. meaning it's in the world that we're looking at. A musical score is a narrative device intended for the audience. Mm -hmm. It's non-diegetic. It's intended for us to feel, you know? So in my headcanon, but I think is also displayed like in the scene, they're both happening at the same time. It's like the Yub Nub is still going on in the background. Like Mm -hmm. the, like, just yeah exactly like what you said like uh they're still they're still playing they're still singing that and but the other track the one that's for the audience has just been turned up more just because emotionally like it has to transition us to the next thing you know it's the end of the movie and Mm -hmm. you know you this you have to swell the credits in a you know in the classic way and so it just works better as a device they're both Mm -hmm. great you you know both totally fine songs happening at the same time for different people. It's right. Yub was turned up for the Ewoks. So <laughs> yeah. we all win. Victory Celebration, that entire scene is actually my favorite scene in all of Star Wars. And so I'm there. And I, and yeah, uh, not the Victory Celebration is a big part of that, that the music that's playing. I just get so amped and so hyped. And, yeah. and it, it really is it, like you were saying, Zanthi, it's such a picture of the culmination of, of the entire original trilogy and and it's a cel- I mean, that's what it is. It's a celebration of the empire's gone, the rebels won, and and, and let's victoriously celebrate mm-hmm. until Mandalorian. Right. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Wait, there's still bad true. in the galaxy. I thought the bad was gone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, we got Amber Medina here. Yubnub is basically my childhood, but I think Victory Celebration is a more beautiful piece for the moment. 
basically, why not both? Um, yep. Which is, is is quite true. Although although I I still am going to hold on to the headcanon that when the Ewok is drumming on the helmets, they actually <laughs> they were hitting those notes like. <laughs> Because in the song, it's like, oh, yeah, I think it's a blend. That's that's uh, I think that's a diegetic, non diegetic blend, just like the end of Phantom Menace, which yeah. I think Augie's is also a blend of. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. well, uh, that one later, too. So, so I also, also, I as uh, Anthony also partially broke my, my brain there because with what she said earlier, uh, what, what they said earlier, when talking about like there's certain things that would be fun to play so you start to like them more mm. uh when you listen to yep nub that baseline slaps like <laughs> like it, the, that baseline it's funky it, and it's there's just it runs all day and like and i'm just like oh yeah like i just listening to it today i was like i think i think i like this a lot you know a lot more than than i did before i didn't i didn't notice this this bass lick underneath all this um, and then, no, that's me saying this would be super fun to play. Doesn't mean I like it better necessarily. Valid if uh, that happens, though. That's fine. You don't owe obje- objectivity to anyone when it comes to what, how you feel about music. Mm-hmm. No, it's but but also the way that Victory Celebration blends into the outro theme, I think, is also just beautiful. Mm-hmm. And it, um, I mean, Return of the Jedi is probably still my most watched Star Wars film. I love that. Um, mostly because it was on repeat for the vast majority of my childhood. Uh, so, yeah, I just, I, I love it. Uh, are, any other thoughts on the original trilogy um, music, honorable mentions, things we don't. Everything's an honorable mention. I mean, too hard, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, but Return of the Jedi is also, I mean, that's the one I, that was my first Star Wars movie. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I have a, has this holds a special place in my heart and the victory celebration also, you know, love that as a kid. Love it. Yeah. So great. Um, and also <laughs> Not- I loved anything with Jabba the Hutt. I don't know why. I just really liked Jabba gr- yeah. as a kid. <laughs> I, I was, um I, I got the unique version and you could say that this is, I guess, like, bias of which one i heard first but like i actually heard victory celebration Me too I've never I heard so i'm i'm Agreed. spending the next five years jamming to victory celebration and like i see somebody <laughs> on youtube go here's the original version and i hear like the, <laughs> no, no i'm like what the what whoa, whoa what is yeah. so nobody really told me that there was like an older version or an original version so i'm sitting here in my room like like not grossed out, but like, whoa! What, where's, where's what the one this? I love? Yeah, yeah. and so they were like, "This is the this is the 1983 version." I'm like, "Give me the 2004 version again!" No, <laughs> I'm so I glad you said going, that. Yeah, I remember going to Spotify once. Go ahead. So good. I was just say I remember going to Spotify after watching Return of the Jedi once and looking for Victory Celebration, and I was like, nope. fa- kept fast forwarding Yub Nub, and was like, where, where is it? And where in Yub Nub is it? Literally, I was like, so I ended up googling it, and they were like, oh, it's different. I was like, got it, cool, cool, cool. cool. So it, it ticks me off too because like I can't find that, I can't find Victory Celebration like on a soundtrack. Like for me, at least, like I go to like the Star Wars iTunes thing and I go to like the Return of the Jedi original soundtrack and like they either have Yub Nub or they 
don't or they just have like the end credit like the dun 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 dun, 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 dun. I don't hear anything like it, it's weird for me so I only saw it like on YouTube where I was like how is this the only place that somebody has it so I could be wrong it might have changed in the last time I like looked it up but like at the time I was really upset because I was like I want to buy this and I can't because like it's not there here take the oven <laughs> so moral of the story is we all gave all these reasons why Victor Celebration is better but also in truth that's the one that we all do that's the one that we know yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the one we all grew up with yeah yeah absolutely uh also uh goldman also says victory celebration and um if you check out goldman's channel he also makes some some excellent videos um all right let's uh let's jump forward let's let's go into the prequels um and i don't recall who i started with last time well that was kind of hot take moment and i think i started, started with, uh, with Oh, yeah, so we're, we'll have you uh, jump in first here for uh, your thoughts on... Uh, no, I had you do that last time, actually. Camilla, <laughs> we're going to you. Sounds what jumps good. out at you? Prequel trilogy. Easy across the stars. Easy. 100%. It is, man, again, one of those songs that every time... No, it, are you saying that you're going to play it? I see you moving over. Oh, I can. There. Oh, Lord. <laughs> uh, I wasn't, but... <laughs> <laughs> no. I love the slower, like when they play it slower. It's like, oh my god, oh my. Literally, the only, but yeah, one it, of the only Star Wars movies my mom sat through. Across <laughs> <laughs> the stars, she's it'll like, it'll do this. Like, it'll do it to you. Such a beautiful song, Josh. Why didn't you tell? I was like, mom, come on. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, I mean it's just it's sweeping, it's gorgeous, it's tragic. It makes you feel everything about Anakin and Padme and and but also like you can it, it reminds me of Luke and Leia as well. So it's for me it's a picture of it's like there's there's aspects of it that are, are very romantic and beautiful, but then there's aspects of it that are also sad and tragic and there's some darkness in it that hints at the tragedy that's going to come between the two of them and and their relationship but at the same time because for me you can kind of hear the luke and leia as well it's it's hopeful in the sense that you know that there's going to be hope in the twins to come um and and it's it it makes me feel everything and that's that's my number one criteria i think for my favorite pieces of music and yeah across the stars hands down uh, yeah, it's it is an incredible, and that, and also because because the themes is also you know part of um, what uh, Levi says here is love pledge. Um, you know, I mean, very uh, obviously very closely related, but like a scene that echoes in my mind is their kiss. Like I, I even I didn't even believe their romance from the acting, but the the kiss as they're rolling. Oh, I did. I was so on board. I was on board. <laughs> okay. As a kid, what am I? Well, I'm gonna know. Yeah, same. <laughs> I was like, I guess that's what it's like. Okay. <laughs> uh, you know, I did get some moves from that movie. Uh, it didn't. They didn't work. But that doesn't um... sound like a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> didn't work. Uh, I progress. Any jar jar lines? Any jar jar lines? That's probably why it didn't work. You know. I hope you mean. I hope you mean the fruit part. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
when I met my wife, I'm like, are you an angel? Um, <laughs> <laughs> you are so smiling to see. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> well, uh, Josh, uh, what jumps out of you? Oh, gosh. This is the hardest one for me because the prequel trilogy was like what got me really into Star Wars. And so um, this has changed over the course of like my life, and it'll probably change some more. Um, but I got to say, it's probably Anakin's betrayal. That's probably mm-hmm. right now my favorite piece. Um, and it's not even really like the it's towards the end that really gets you. Cause it's like the, the, the op, like the voice, the vocals in the background where it's like, how does it go? It's, I don't really want to sing it, but it's like, um, look it up on your own time. But like, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's a really powerful, it's because a lot of people, when they talk about like, Oh, I like the one like battle of the heroes, like the dun, 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 or Obi-Wan fights Anakin. Other people like the one where um, it's the order. Is it not, not, that is the order 66 one Anakin's betrayal is yeah. the other one, which is called Anakin's uh, Anakin's dark deeds, Anakin's dark deeds. That's the other one that a lot, a lot of people talk about. Anakin's betrayal is my favorite because like, I think the end of it particularly kind of highlights just how bad things have like how depressing things have gotten. Um, you see like Padme like crying after C-3PO tell like suggests that maybe Anakin didn't survive the supposed attack on the Jedi temple. We see like, like, um, like, I think this is the song that plays when Anakin kills the younglings, I think. Yeah. Um, so it's, it, it, yeah, it's it a is. lot of very, very heavy moments where, um, um, and, and I think a lot of like <laughs> editors on YouTube have put together a lot of tributes with this song and they do a really good job of like hitting you in the chest with it too. So I think, I think in terms of like my overall favorite, this is probably my greatest, greatest uh, um, positive, like my favorite song, I guess I should say. Yeah, you know, those vocal swells that you're talking about, because the music like mellows out, and then you. I wish I could play it. it. I, 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 I know I can't. Out. I don't want to get you in trouble. I wish I could play it because I'm looking right at the song, but it's so good. No, I, it's that's when I didn't even I didn't even think about it. Um, you know, I, I have a brand of the Pink Milk podcast saying Bounty Hunter Chase is so darn good. It's uh, <laughs> which is it's such that's also a really unique theme. Um, you know, and it's just, uh, yeah, there's just a lot of unique sounds in that that I don't really hear in any other uh, music. Vince Skywalker talking about the battle over Coruscant. Mm. Uh, Close second for me. Um, let's see here. Uh, well, Element 7 was talking about, <laughs> about Duel of Fates somewhere back there. I, I I lost it, but he mentioned it again. Dual Fates had a large job to do, raise the stakes, introduce the return of the Sith, and mark the start of the conflict. It succeeded so well. Um, I feel like my childhood started when that second blade comes out, and then the music hits you, and you're just like, oh, Jesus. Yeah, man. <laughs> you know, that's, that's As a kid, I, I would, I would uh, I listen to that song on repeat, and I remember I tried to transcribe all of the lyrics, like the syllables. So I like had this lyric sheet and I would make photocopies and like hand it out uh, to get people to sing bat, uh, what is it? <laughs> not, not Battle of the Heroes, um, Duel of the Fates with me. And so it was just like, 
I mean, I didn't know the actual lyrics. I don't think they were published at the time, but I knew it was like Sanskrit. And but I was just like, and so we yeah. were just like do the mouth shapes and I would make my brother do it with me. <laughs> it was a good time. Um, I had no friends that were Star Wars fans. So it's hard. Um, man. <laughs> it can be so it's hard. It's so different now. But as a kid, I was like the only one I felt. I try and talk about Star Wars to my family and they literally look at me like I'm talking about like Martian language. It's like, all right, never mind. Literally. <laughs> my, like, I'm gl- my mom's like, I'm glad you're happy, son. I'm like, oh. <laughs> I, I was like, uh, have a brother who loved Star Wars too. Mm. So that was nice. Uh, a big part of my childhood was watching a YouTube video where someone just made their own lyrics for that song. And it was like, fried rice like and it like yeah. the lyrics <laughs> along with the vocals matched up perfectly and like i couldn't hear anything most of it is just random foods um but it's yeah yeah you should <laughs> what's well, the oldest choir trick like whenever i would be like in choir and you didn't know the lyrics you just say watermelon you just go like watermelon water. yeah yeah <laughs> right pretty much <laughs> I will have to remember that. <laughs> well, you know, you know, speaking of Duel of Fates and like the second lightsaber, fun fact, like people back then, like YouTube wasn't a thing in like 1998, Ooh. 1999. It's not a thing. People, no. people legit bought movie tickets just to watch the Phantom Menace trailer. Like it, like they would like go to oh. movies that they had no interest in just to watch two minutes of like that one trailer that came out where it's like, Darth Maul shows up, takes out the second lightsaber, and then, like, sometimes they'd stay and watch the rest of the movie. At least I hope they would. Sometimes they'd just leave right after and be like, all right, let's do that again sometime. It's like, it shows you how crazy people were for Star Wars when it came back after Return of the Jedi. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Uh, How about you, Xanthi? Duel of the Fates is one of them. Augie's great municipal band, or what? I probably said the words wrong. Um, that's actually like on my podcast. That's that's my theme song. Well, my cover of it. Um, d- um, Across the Stars as well. And also Battle of the Heroes. But, you know, I also did a cover of that. So um, <laughs> I just gravitate toward it. And I can't tell if like I love it or if it's like I've played it. So, <laughs> but yeah. Um, I just love the music of the prequels were like say say what you will about like the quality of the prequel films i love them but i understand the reservations that people have however john williams did not score those films like he was scoring crappy films right he was like Mm serious he took them very seriously and i think it Mm -hmm. shows in like how still remembered you know, those themes are, I wish they were, you know, recalled a little bit more, but like John Williams came to, came to play. Right. I mean, what's that meme that like, like somebody made a meme of it. It was like John Williams after finishing uh, the uh, score for revenge of the Sith. And it's like a dude walking out of the studio with a coat that's like on fire or something like that. He's just like, <laughs> yeah, I don't care. Like, he, he put like, say what you will about like the quality of the movies or whatever from like a critic, like a film critic standpoint, I can totally agree with probably most of what they complain about to be perfectly honest with you. But one thing that you will never ever be able to criticize, I think in my personal opinion 
uh, is the music because mm-hmm. the music in you a lot of ways, yeah, in, in a lot of ways, like the music makes like all nine of all 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 nine of the the Skywalker movies, but particularly the prequel trilogy. There's something very very hard hitting about what John Williams was able to do with the prequel trilogy. Every single movie has four or five songs that you can just like jam to in your car. And it's like, geez, man. So good job to him. Yeah. <laughs> X-Court Gamer Fuel says, does John Williams know how to hold that? He does. It's an important uh-huh. skill for a composer to have. Yeah. <laughs> and he, d- and, and I, I, maybe that was a joke. Maybe I took that well, very it, literally. It, it, it but was a joke, I think it I is. Okay. But I think like, I actually, I think there are a lot of other composers who do not know how to hold back. Yeah. John Williams knows how to hold back. You know, he, ha- he actually like has a lot more constraints when he is scoring than a lot of other composers do on different films. And it's not always the composer's fault. It's like also what, what franchise there or like what their director wants or like, you know, there's like all these things. But um, I think he actually like, the, the films have some really great moments of of silence and some themes that are really you know small in how in how big they rise and fall I don't think he I think he goes all out but I don't think he's bombastic mm. for the purpose of being bombastic which I think is very easy to do today and so he could have just been at the right time in the right place he doesn't use computers so now it's like I'm. I would love to find. I would love to listen to a film where the composer is like a little bit more reserved. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> uh, okay, Brian of the Pink Milk Pot says, "Oh yes, I saw Jingle All the Way like three times for that trailer." <laughs> I'm telling you, man. amazing. <laughs> People literally uh, just walked into movie theaters. They're like, "I think they're playing the Phantom Menace trailer." They're like, "Oh, go, go." <laughs> little, they, I think I. I truly hey, believe that Jingle it, All the Way was was was. I had fun with that. I I did have fun. It's a good holiday movie. Um, But I will say that, like, I firmly believe that if Star Wars The Phantom Menace was out during a time where, like, cell phones were a thing and, like, internet was, like, a lot more prominent, I firmly believe that trailer would have, like, a billion views on YouTube because I think people were obsessed with the lead up to that movie. It would have been, like, similar to Force Awakens numbers, if not more. So... Well, I watched the trailer for Attack of the Clones, like, on repeat after school every day. Mm. Like, it was, I don't think YouTube existed. It was probably a few years before YouTube, but it was still online, like, on mm. the Star Wars fan site or, you know, something. I yeah. just remember, They're like, starting to discover, like, how to rip videos and stuff. People are start, <laughs> finally starting to figure out how to, like, embed videos and stuff. Where did you get this? Don't worry about it. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> I feel My like there's something in the movie theater. <laughs> I feel like there's something interesting to be said in this conversation about the different trailers that we love and why we love them. And I think it comes down to, I think it does come down to the music and the trailers. And I'd be interested mm-hmm. to hear of all of the Star Wars trailers what your favorites are, and if it if the trailer is your favorite because of the music or if it's because of other things. Because for me, I think my favorite trailer is the Rise of Skywalker trailer because of the epic main title in the trailer. Hmm. No, I. It's and it's hard to, but it's just like the the feels again. It's it's something that communicates to a baser level, you know. Um. I I also want to bring up um, 
you know, battle the heroes, which I really enjoy because of how, you know, as I'm watching it, um, I don't know about all of y'all, I identified with Obi-Wan <laughs> throughout the entire, you know, uh, trilogy. Um, but, you know, Obi-Wan's in full retreat, this entire fight, and the music is at a different, um, is at a different, um, God, what's where I'm looking for? It's it's gone, and I'm a percussionist. This is really sad. Um, but it's at, it, you know, it's it's not a typical four four like most of the music that is produced, and it, it gives me this kind of like off balanced feel, and I'm I feel like all this high emotion and anger and fierceness, but you're off balance throughout this entire fight. And as it's, it's chasing you, what, what's that the song in? The, is it in um, three, four, or three, two, or it, it's, and it kind of switches. Um, but yeah, I, I also just love that. I do feel like the, the scene may have gone a little too long, but <laughs> that's, that's, uh, that's all side topics. I really enjoy the music. But yeah, we were talking about trailers. Oh uh, yeah, no, I I just I had to come back and, and hit that. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, no, I was just like <laughs> reminding myself, like I don't know, like trail regarding trailers. Um, I guess the Force Awakens did a really good job. Um, I will say though, like the only one that has ever made me cry was the Rise of Skywalker one. I will say the second rise of Skywalker trailer where it's like a different version of the star Wars theme after C3PO is like my friends like yeah it's like it a different like, it does the like pop chord progression but yeah. Yeah. that yeah. really got a lot of it, yeah, you're not the only people that I've heard that from. Pulled the heartstrings there, and they and yeah, they knew what they were doing. It was the last Skywalker for now, the last Skywalker saga movie, and like <laughs> C3PO, like they kind of baited us thinking he was gonna die or something like that, and I so know. we're sitting here like, no, it's <laughs> over, and like I'm not gonna li like I I, I oh, sat yeah, there. I just don't know why he's like, like, yeah. And then like when I heard um I don't I don't know if you guys have ever heard of like the composer on YouTube. He does a lot of like. Like it was his name, Samuel Kim, I think. He did like I think he did like a little bit of an extended version of that and like he added a whole bunch of other stuff to it. And I was just like, Oh my god, man, I can't, man, I can't listen to that at ten o'clock at night. You're just like, Oh my god, please. <laughs> that, that's that's probably by far my favorite Star Wars trailer musical piece. Cause like I, I'm not used to like this sounds crazy, but I'm not used to like Star Wars trailers being like like i'm not used to remembering star wars trailers based on like the songs that kind of play underneath because you like a lot of times i always hear like when kylo ren shows up you'll hear a little bit of his theme when you hear ray when you see ray doing something heroic you'll hear like the da -na 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 -na. but like that was the only time where i was like dang like it's over and like it's it's over like this is the theme there's no other like themes underneath it it's just the Star Wars theme, the first music that you hear when you first turned on Star Wars. Now you get to hear it at the end of this trailer, right before you go see the last Skywalker movie. It's like, oh, I can't. I'm, I'm going to go watch it after this. I need to. <laughs> I 
I need my sad fix. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I don't watch trailers. I try really hard not to watch trailers. Um, I don't really like trailers in general. Um, also, the music is always done by, you know, like a third party trailer house or whatever. And which is which is fine. There's like a trailers. I just feel like trailers never make me like a move. Like they never successfully hype me up for something in a way that the film meets that expectation. Like, I feel like they're usually like trailers are so often like either misleading or like give away something or, and I hate spoilers. I'm like, really, I really do not like spoilers. So <laughs> mm-hmm. I try really, you know, I watched, I watched those, I watched the trailers, but I was not like watching them so much just because I don't like things spoiled. And I just, I always worry that like a trailer is going to spoil something, which sometimes they do. <laughs> sometimes they do. Um, but I guess the only one that I really remember is the attack of the clones one, because I guess it's just wired in there, wired in my memory of being something really impactful for me. Also, I think that was still in the days where they were using, <laughs> in the days when they were using like music from the film or like mm. at least that trailer yeah. had music from the film. That trailer definitely had across the stars in it. And like, I, I fully love that piece. And, um, you know, I just felt like it wasn't, I mean, yeah, I mean, I was a kid, I loved it. And it just um, makes me emotional to think about being that age and watching it, you know, wouldn't, you know, hit the same way right now, just because I'm used to other types of trailers, but Mm. yeah. So, you know, there's a, there's another attack of the clones trailer and all they did, there was no music or anything like that. All it did was like it showed like a brief scene. I think it was the teaser for Attack of the Clones. It would show a brief scene, didn't really spoil much of anything, and all you would hear in the background was Vader's breathing. And I remember that like shook me. I was like, "Bro, how come I haven't seen this before?" Oh my God. I, was like, you I was like, "If I if this had dropped, hi Suki, if 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 this hadn't if if this had dropped, if I had seen this teaser before seeing the movie, I would have went in absolutely like like." terrified like out of like is it gonna end with him becoming darth vader is this how like this movie's gonna end like because like hearing the vader breathing and then you hear like you see like a brief shot of Django fett flying away it kind of looks like boba fett you're like what's going on here you see like the clones in a brief shot you see like um count dooku talking to obi-wan like you don't really know what's happening in the teaser which i think is what a teaser should be like. You shouldn't really I know what so the too. hell is happening. <laughs> like you, all you know is that it's called attack of the clones and there's a lot of weird stuff happening out there. And like, I really love how they did that trailer. I think revenge of the Sith was another one that took music from the actual movie. It's like the dun, 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 dun. Is that an actual piece from the mu- movie or it's like the dun, I don't know if yeah. it's from that movie, but it's from one of the star Wars movies. Um, and they played that during most of that trailer for episode three. That was a good one too. Uh, what you're describing is, I, I believe, from Empire Strikes Back, and it's the. I thought so. Um, is that when the, is that the imperial thing? Was it when the uh, it when the bounty hunters were there, or was that a different? Trailer. Oh, that, sorry, you're right. That's actually Boba Fett's theme from that. It's movie. Boba's theme. Uh, okay. Yeah. 
Um, I, I remember, like, I remember how awesome, like, the trailer for for Revenge of the Sith was because they incorporated a lot of that. Yeah, uh, for, for me, the the only trailer that really hit that hard, and it's and it's purely because of nostalgia and memories. But that's that's Force Awakens because. Uh, and I've, I've already told the story many times, but I was at Star Wars Celebration in 2015. Lucky when the trailer dropped. Oh, wow. and like, and so like we're going to the panels and all this stuff, and we're just sitting there, we're just watching it over and over again on our phone, and then trying to to ask people, you know. And I so I just these great memories of like waiting to hear Billy D. Williams speak. And I was the only person that had service inside of the uh, convention center, and all my friends are huddled around my little phone, and we're as we're watching it, waiting for for ability to come out. And yeah, just just good times. That's so yeah. Sounds amazing. That was the first. That was the first time I became aware of what Star Wars Celebration was. The 2015 one, right? Yeah, I I thought so. Yeah, that was the first year I started like watching the stream for Star Wars Celebration. And I remember vividly telling myself, I was like, bro, I want to go there. So like, I don't care if it's on the other side of the world. I will get on a plane just to spend three days laughing at a bunch of Star Wars stuff. I I love I I mean, The Force Awakens, uh, particularly not just not the first teaser where it's just like one shots of each of the main characters like Finn who's breathing really hard in the middle of a desert and then Ray's on the speeder and then Kylo Ren and the famous it's like it's like a Darth Maul moment he takes out his lightsaber and it's like lightsaber a normal lightsaber broadside lightsaber you're like what it's like and so the second one where it's Luke talking in the background and you hear the binary sunset theme and I vividly remember like tearing up where he's like the force is strong in my family. My oh, father had it. I remember. I have yeah. it. My sister mm-hmm. has it. I, f- I had totally forgotten about that trailer, but now that you start yeah. doing that voice, I remember and, that voiceover. And he goes, yeah. you, and it goes black, and he's like, you have that power too. And Woo! like, and I'm like, bro, this the is damn the first theme. time. It's so good. It's the first the time I've back. heard that, and it was like this Christmas. Oh. If you go and look at all of the YouTube reactions, when that happens, watching that genuine like tears welling up and like some of these guys are like you know 40 year old dudes like these are like dads and like grandfather i saw like a video where like a grandfather was in tears when he saw han solo show up again because like you think about it the last time he's seen harrison ford as han solo on screen this dude was probably what 21 years old so he's looking at it now as like a 58 year old man and he's just like sobbing because he's like bro uh I never I'm thought sobbing I'd see when it I see again. Leia. Right? Like, <laughs> yeah. I just see this stuff and, like, it's like, Chewie, we're home. And I'm like, in more ways than one, yes, you yeah. are. Like, yes, you are. Uh, that was a great time to be a Star Wars fan. I'm so sorry. Oh. Yeah, oh I would amazing. agree. With, I agree with that. Great time. <laughs> 2015, that was the year I started, like, seeking out Star Wars, yep. like, content creators. Like, that was the year where I was like, I need some friends. I need some friends to talk to. I need there's like I need to yep. find some sort of a way to connect with Star Wars people because people ask me they say like a, there's so much going on and no one on, that I'm on tour I was on tour at the time tour yep. on the, at the time I was like no one I'm on tour with cares they're just like Sandy's talking about Star Wars again okay people 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 ask me all the time they're like when did you like Cause like I tell people that like I was like really into Star Wars as a kid, and then like for about four or five years, it wasn't like 
that big in my life. Like there was like a period, like shortly after like the clone wars kind of started winding down and then like that three or four year period between then. And I always tell people the day that I got interested in star Wars again was November 28th, 2014 when that first teaser for the force awakens came out and you hear Snoke go, there has been an awakening. And I'm like, I need to buy every piece of star Wars merchandise that I possibly can probably not the best decision, but that was my mentality there. So yeah, good times, good times. <laughs> well, I mean, now, now, since since we're on the subject, let's uh, let's move into our our final uh, trilogy here. Awesome. Um, yeah, what uh, we're going to you first, Josh. What what jumps out at you? Oh gosh, you know, <laughs> this is another hard one for me because I'll be honest with you, like. Even though, like, the prequel trilogy, I think, has, like, the greatest selection of some of my favorite Star Wars media, I think the sequel trilogy actually has some really good songs, too. Um, my favorite, like, my safe one would probably be Ray's, Ray's theme. I think John Williams kick, kicked ass with that one. I think he did a really good job with Ray's theme. I also really like the resistant, the March of the Resistance theme, like, dun, dun, da da dun, dun, da da That's another one that showed up in The Force Awakens where Han Solo goes, it's the resistance, and you see these X-Wings on the water, and they're just like, and you're like, oh my god, it's so cool. And so that one March of the Resistance, Ray's theme, and I think another one that I really, really like is uh, um, Peace and Purpose at the end of The Last Jedi when Luke dies, because it's like a mix between that new, the new music and like Binary Sunset with Luke's death, really, like he's looking at the the twin sons before he dies, and I remember like, uh, I didn't really know, I didn't really think they were going to kill him. So I remember hearing the music. I'll never forget this in the theater. I remember hearing the music and like you can hear like the it's like like a bunch of like motifs or like movements. And I remember hearing like the I was like, oh, he's going to die. I was like, I heard binary sons and I'm like, oh, it's over. He's, he's dead. He's going to he's looking at the twin sons. He's reached. He's become Luke Skywalker again. He's going to like disappear or something. And sure enough. And I love what they did with it after he disappears. You can kind of hear like the song kind of like roll back down to like this really sad and like very, very, I was very upset when I saw Luke disappear and the music (laughs) did a really good job of uh, exacerbating that. But yeah, I think that's one of my favorites too. Those three. So I was super lucky and I got to go on uh, Xanthi's podcast, and the five-minute period I got, we got to talk about that. Was that I, I got oh, nice. the, the battle between Luke and Kylo Ren, which I love. It's it's you know Ray's bit when she's you know lifts the the rocks, um, and and Luke's it was, death. It was a really great five minutes that we got. <laughs> oh man, I was like, <laughs> yeah, 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 I. I, I lucked out. All of those are amazing. I can go into extra detail now after spending an hour talking with Anthony about it. But um, yeah. And also, no. while you all are on the are 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 here, I would love to have each of you on my podcast too. Yes, would love reach out. To. I'd be happy to. Yeah, I'd be Same. honored. Uh, on on TikTok, Camilla has actually been going through all of the like music from the Bad Batch after mm. the episodes, and I know you do that oh. as well. Xanthi, oh my gosh, so I, think- I do that on YouTube. Oh my gosh. Like a check it out. 
So there's a reason I, I gathered you all here today. Because um, <laughs> all of you are more interesting than I am. So uh, I can continue. <laughs> uh, but I have, I have Mara J. Skywalker here. Beth, the race theme is so innately and beautifully hopeful. Reminds me of Omega's theme in The Bad Batch. Um, we got uh, Battle of Crate. Uh, has a theme from each era. Um, I'll, I'll have to think about that because it does have a lot of. Battle of Crate has about I counted about twelve motifs in there. Yeah. Wow, <laughs> there was a lot going on in that scene. <laughs> yeah, actually, the episode about that scene comes out on Friday, and we'll talk about the motifs. Awesome, awesome. I will be checking it out. Uh, but yeah, yeah, Zanthi, what jumps out at you about the the, the trilogy? I am agree in agreement with, I love Ray's themes. She has like three distinct ones. Mm. Um, and I and I like them all. And I like how they interlock with each other. So I'm talking about like, do, 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 do. And also, do, 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 do. And also, do, 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 They kind of all, um, you know, they're all with her on her journey from Jakku, do, 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 all the way through the end. Um, I love that theme. I actually think it's a very open theme with not that much, like the, the harmony of it is like very not complex, which I, I think it's funny. Like it's, it's a very open, it's a very open theme. It's not as definitive as of a statement as like Leia or, or Luke or a number of other characters, even Rose. But the beauty and Ray's theme for me is that it's so spacious it has all these leaps in it and it actually lends itself really well to being interspersed with other themes so like mm -hmm. also in peace and purpose it there's also that moment where it intertwines with the force theme um and also i think luke's i think another favorite of mine is the new music that luke gets in the last jedi which is the stuff that he gets um you know when he's on octo like drinking the milk from the <laughs> from the sea siren and pole vaulting across the cliffs. I, uh, I love that new Luke music. I like, I love that they, and I love the choice that they went with like a completely new suite of music for this version of Luke, rather than trying mm. to like twist his original themes into something. It's like, no, we're not going to try to fit. Like Luke has evolved. Like he has given birth to like, all these new themes in his life. And like, even though his time on Octo, I mean, I'm getting now a little bit philosophical into the movie, but I mean, I think the music is so related to what's happening on screen and like John mm -hmm. Williams, Absolutely. you know, makes choices as to which fears he's going to play into and which things he's going to dial up and down and like, which things he's going to invest a lot of emotion into giving a nice, like really well-written, like detailed theme to. And I think that's Luke stuff. The new Luke stuff is just like really great for him. It's like, um, no, there's one that's like I don't know if this makes any sense, but um, and there's also the I know what you're talking about. I know this one. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. a little bit more of a dark. It's a little bit darker, and it's when he's on the island. And I just love everything about Octo Island. Yeah, everything yeah. about it. 
I also like the track Octo Island, which has the new like Jedi Steps theme. I his think theme those are feels, his theme feels very cynical, which I think, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, that's pretty much what he is in The Last Jedi. <laughs> He's like, I came to this island to die. I'm like, oh, yeah, that theme fits you pretty well. <laughs> a decrepit old man who's mad at himself for a bunch of things that are both his fault and out of his control. Yeah, that's that's totally him. Mm -hmm. It's like cynical, but it's also like romantic. It's not yeah. just like Kylo Ren's theme, which is just like a motto. It's like a very short <laughs> do, 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 do. Yeah. like Luke's is like, I'm a little bit cynical, but I'm going to like flip my hair and like do a whole music video about yeah. it. You can also like find hints of like, you can also find hints in the song about like, what he used to be i, I can mm -hmm. kind of like feel that this sounds so like english professor like what do you see about it? no but i really i do kind of feel this like it feels like there's a lot in packed into that song where it's like you're looking at somebody who used to be like an nba all-star and it's like he's not that anymore but you still think somewhere in there that he's still that guy you just don't see it right now that's what I always mm -hmm. felt like. It's like a very mystic, not mysterious, but like very layered. And like, if you looked into it a little bit more, you could be like, oh yeah, that's still Luke Skywalker. I don't know. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> I'm going to do exile, but like exile, it's like exile, but fashion is like yeah. that. Yeah. Which, which, which exactly. is very, very Anakin. <laughs> you say yeah, messy. Yes, it's like yes, I'm not he's... simply gonna give her fruit, I'm going to float it. I'm gonna pole vault across the, the this thing while doing yeah. like a whole like the movie stops like there, like basically. I mean, it, there's a time jump, it's like you know, the few weeks that Ray's following him around or whatever. But this is like a moment where we have no dialogue, it's like three or four minutes. We just have Luke's like new music playing while we watch Luke do his thing and yep. we're just like following him around and like we get to see Luke being Luke and I don't know. I love when he drinks the milk. <laughs> I, love so good. I, I love, I love like the, the range of like acting in that one little thing where he's like, and it's like dramatic with the music too. Like the yeah, music yeah. like being all dark. Yeah, you know, he, like, he makes it he's like, and I'm like, he's like, no, that's that good shit. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much about what he's doing there. Where I'm just like, bro. I was like, no, this is actually so funny. How like he's drinking it, and he's like, yep, still as bad as ever, and it's still as good as ever, or something like that. It's like, it's like he's taking comfort that he's like, nobody else is going to like this, so it's all mine. It's like, it's like, oh, yeah. I love that. It's like the, it's like, oh god. <laughs> like oh, the yeah. moment that Ray appears, like he knows that he's eventually going to come or I, I think that he knows that he'll come around but he's like grumpy about it he's yeah. like i'm gonna make her work for it and so we're gonna do this whole campy song and like we're gonna you know i'm gonna we're gonna do this yes fine i'm sure eventually but i don't want to yeah <sighs> yeah i love it I and love then the it. moment when she's inside of the tree and he's like who are you and then the it, the sound just also kind of gets sucked out of the room and then like <laughs> And then it kind of starts over where it's building from there. Like it was almost, it's like the sadness like tumbling down. And then at that point it stopped. And then after that was like the spark, the spark of hope that's like getting brighter. And, uh, and uh, so I feel that this trilogy, 
And, and I think maybe it's because George Lucas wasn't involved. I think they may have gone to um, uh, John Williams for more input on certain things because I feel, uh, and I, just my own personal feeling, but I feel like the music ties into the characters and what's happening on the screen more in this trilogy. I think the music tells more of a story in this trilogy than it than it does in the others. I, I At least actually, I tie it to the to more. I agree with that. Actually, I kind of felt that a little bit more in the in the Disney era films. Not even just uh, the trilogy, but like some of the anthology films too. It feels like the music kind of. I don't want to say serves more of a purpose. I want to say that the music kind of like has a more symbiotic. If that makes sense, symbiotic. Yeah, a more symbiotic relationship with the scene that's happening. It's like, mm-hmm. all right, like like when you hear like, who are you? And you hear like the sound goes, you're like, oh yeah, that's 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 a really cool effect. Like when you look at um um what do you call it? Um with like Ray and Kylo pulling the uh lightsaber to each other and like you, you could almost feel like the music and the scene are kind of like almost one and the same, very frantic. You don't know what Holdo's going to do with the ship before she goes into light speed. It's like what's happening. Like it feels like you can feel the tension there almost. So I think the sequel trilogy and like just the whole, like all of the movies that have come out since like 2015 really have kind of done a better job of making sure that the song and the scene kind of almost work off of each other a little bit more. It's almost like the music before was the sauce to yeah. the food, and then this one it's like soup. <laughs> right? Yeah, almost. I would say. Yeah. I, I don't know. That's the only the closest analogy I can think of. It's probably not extremely apt. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, uh, uh, Camilla, I don't think we've gone to you yet. Which uh, jumps out at you? And I mean, it's. It's like if I could retweet everything that Zanti said about Ray's theme, I would because that's like exactly how I feel. Like Ray, Ray's theme is 100% my favorite, and then also Josh, when you're talking about March of the Resistance, is my second favorite. Um, yeah, with like with and then what Beth was saying about Ray's theme reminding her of Omega's theme, I feel the exact same way. I'm a sucker for anything that is very hopeful that um again has that sweeping melody that that is is implies adventure um any score that hints at crossing a threshold and that a character feels like they are meant for something greater and i think you feel that in race theme you feel that in omega's theme you feel that in other themes um, that that is just something that I always connect to because uh, it, it hits me right in my emotions, which I love, love. Um, and, and, and yeah, and I think that the fact that it's so, um, the theme is so open, as you were saying, Xanthi, that it can be used in so many different ways. And I know that there's, there's been multiple conversations about people hearing, Kylo's theme and Emperor Palpatine's theme in Ray's theme and the fact that there are other instances of these other darker characters within her theme and yet it's still completely her own and for me it's a picture of owning that yes the the darkness and and that is a part of me but I can still make it hopeful I can still find joy and light and 
and innocence and optimism in the midst of the darkness. And so the way that those two things kind of work together, it's not cutting out the darkness, it's the fact acknowledging this exists, but at the same time, I'm gonna take back what exists inside me to make to to be myself and own myself. And and I think that that is just truly a picture of Ray's journey through the entire sequel trilogy. Um, and uh, yeah, Ray's theme, hundred <laughs> percent. Ah, I, I love it. No, all all great points. Um, all right. So, in, can any, I counterpoint any... a little bit? Not to, go for it. Not to, but I but I think the overall question of which whether the sequel trilogy sort of marries the themes better and the, the function that the music is serving. I think that is an interesting conversation um, in and of itself because, well, I would say I would agree that I, th that I, I think the music feels more wedded to the screen in the sequel trilogy than the other ones, but I don't necessarily think that's a good thing. I don't think it's a bad thing necessarily either, but I also, I find it really easy to fall personally into this valorization of like the light motifs and that specific, I don't know, thinking about everything in terms of light motifs when that's like one cross section you could look at it in from. And I think um, music is, serves such, it can serve, it doesn't always, but it can serve such a powerful extra layer of narration that when it just matches the screen, it, you lose the opportunity for the music to keep other secrets or throw in different parallels that you may not have thought of. Thought of. Hmm. And I still think the sequel trilogy does an awesome job. I, I, I still think, um, you know, it does an awesome job. Um, but I wouldn't want like the future of films to be like, just take to take the leitmotif thing so literally so that it's like almost mm -hmm. parody that like, oh, such and such. Like, I feel like the animated shows do that sometimes. Mm -hmm. where it's mm -hmm. like where it's like so like over the top like okay this person okay you're gonna get this like it's there's no like it doesn't um for as much artistry is involved in some in some films and some animation like i wish music were used in a more creative way sometimes mm -hmm. um and so that's that's what i'll say about that is like i don't i don't i don't i don't think i i need or like when things match too much, too much. Mm -hmm. But also it's hard for me to like think about this in a vacuum because I mean, each film built off the last one. So just literally by film nine, you're gonna have like eight films to draw from. So yeah. it's yeah. just so, <laughs> it's hard to tell. Plus John Williams did not know he was making more than one film at the beginning. So he didn't create like any of those themes thinking they are gonna be None of them thought they were making one, one film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you that well, did he know? Like, I wonder, no pressure. Just come up with this theme for Luke. Yeah. No pressure. Um, it's just going to be in everything now. Every, yeah. Everything. Also, this is your life. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Mark yeah. Hamill was like, oh, For next 40 years. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be taking that soul now. Um, 
uh, okay. Well, how how are we feeling about the uh, the non film related? Uh, I, not non film, but non trilogy related products, right? We have mm-hmm. we have Rebels, we got Clone Wars, we have The Mandalorian, we have Bad Batch, um, and what Solo. Jumps- Rogue and one. Solo, yes, mm-hmm. Solo Road, Road One. I, how do I even? Okay, my bad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what what jumps out? Um, you guys going to uh, to Josh first about these about these films and uh, shows? Well, since there's so many, I guess I could like briefly bring up like something from each one. Uh, for Clone Wars, like just like with the show itself, I I would argue that like the music also grew on me as time went on. Cause you know, back in 2008, when it first came out, it was just the theme, you know, like the, I love the drums that incorporated into it. It feels more like a, like a war, like kind of like, so I did appreciate that, but the music didn't really pop out to me until the later seasons. I remember vividly. Um, I remember the season five finale or what ended up being the season five finale where Ahsoka leaves the Jedi order and I remember the song that plays when she leaves. And it's like, it, it's different than I think I've heard from any other Star Wars media where it's like a lot of like almost, is it violins? It's like, I don't even know if I could. It's like, I'm like, that. that's different than anything I've heard in Star Wars at the time. I'd heard from Star Wars at the time. So when I heard it, I was like, it stuck with me on a deeper level than I ever thought. So that's like, I think like Kevin Kiner, I believe his names, some of his yeah. best work, anything he touches with Ahsoka related stuff. He does mm-hmm. a fantastic job with um, rebels is another one that like got better as the longer I watched it regarding the music. I remember um, the epilogue, which is actually kind of, it takes a lot <laughs> from the, the final uh, piece of music for Revenge of the Sith, I believe. If you look at the very last scene of the very last episode of Star Wars Rebels, um, I think they take a lot of cues from the final few minutes of Revenge of the Sith, where it's like, um, right before the binary sunset, there's like the Leia theme because it's Bail Organa and Queen Breha um, looking at baby Leia. Um, there's another one where like Obi Wan is like giving Luke to. Um, Baru, um, and like you can hear like the. There's a lot of themes in the last episode. Lots of themes, and I and it, and it felt like I was like I was like I think he put enough twist on it to not make it a one for one copy of like the the final scene of Revenge of the Sith, but it took a lot of cues from that. I actually did enjoy that one. Another one I really enjoyed was uh, it's called It's Over Now. It's after. Uh, Kanan gets blinded and they all get back from surviving, not beating, but surviving Darth Vader. Um, and there's like a lot of like big instruments and like the den, den, den. And like you can like see like a brief shot of Ahsoka walking into like a temple and you're like, what does that mean? Like there's a lot of like big moments you see like Ezra looking into a Sith holocron mm-hmm. and there's a lot of like going, a lot of things going on there. Um, but I think what takes the cake for me. And I've always felt it was really underappreciated, not just as a movie, but like regarding a score too. I thought Rogue One had a fantastic score, in my personal opinion. Um, particularly the song Your Father Would Have Been Proud. Um, it's right before they get pretty much vaporized by the Death Star laser. And like you can hear like the oh, yeah. I'm like, oh my God. 
guys that I have not known for more than two hours had me crying by the end of the movie. I was like, dang, man, like these guys, they're all going to die. Like they're all going to die. And so hearing the music with it, Michael Giacano, is that his name? Uh, Giacchino. Giacchino. I think he did a fantastic job. Now look, nobody's John Williams. Nobody's trying to be John Williams, but if I think he did a fantastic job. He only had a month to do it. So that alone is like, because they had to replace the composer. Oh yeah, there was a. It big was going to be Andre. Uh, it was going to be Alexandre Desplat, and for really? some reason, they, they had to like switch. And so, Giacchino, like just on the fact that he had to do that so quickly, I just, as a composer myself, I freak out on That's his behalf. Insane. I'm like, <laughs> wow. That's like the, would that be the equivalent of like doing like a twenty-page paper, like? two nights before or something like that. Cause it's oh, like, it's doing like a, it, no, it's like doing a 20 page paper, like 10 hours before 10 it's, hours before it's so yeah. mad. John Williams took a year for the last Jedi. Yeah. So yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> Jeez. So, Amazing. I could not way to just like way to pull through. Then, then, then allow me to give him even higher praise because rogue <laughs> one is up, is up there with some of my favorite, not even just star Wars scores, but movie scores. That's a, mm-hmm. that's one of the few movies aside from like all the other star Wars movies and maybe like the Avengers theme that everybody knows now, like um, one of the few movies that I can look back and say, like, I remember like if you played a song over the radio, I would know where that is from. Like, I'm like, Oh, that's from rogue one. That's from, that's from that scene like it, he did a fantastic mm-hmm. job with that and of course like the darth vader when he shows up like the oh it's like this really scary like oh <laughs> i love it yeah uh, and uh how about you xanthi i am less familiar i mean i'm i know the scores for rogue one and solo but just because i haven't because just because they're not old enough yet i will never i'm not able to speak about them with the same fervor that I would about mm-hmm. the older themes and, and the, and the, and the John Williams ones, just because I feel like I've lived with them longer. So any of my takes on those are probably a little bit more on the analytical side. Mm-hmm. Um, I think um, Giacchino did an amazing job for the time that he had. I will say that like, just because I noticed music so much, that was like the single most distracting thing when I was watching Rogue One. Not that it was bad. I just kept in my head, I just kept being like, this is different. This is different. <laughs> like, different, this is different. Yeah. Like, you know, or, or, you know, a lot of the time, like the opening of that movie, I'd be, you know, it sounds, it sounds very much, it has, it has the same, like, it has the same, like, opening. It's like, but then it's like, or, yeah, whatever. I noticed and that so, too. Like there, there would be like little themes like that where I'd be like, "Oh, okay, this is where they're because you know they're allowed to like drop in John Williams themes. Like they can, they can do that, and they do. You know, like Imperial March is dropped in there. Like they can pull from the catalog. So like I would mm-hmm. keep thinking like, oh, okay, they're going to use the main title. Oh, okay, by note four, it's a, it's different. Okay." Yep. So I was just like having, I was just had a lot of ups and downs my first time watching it um, of like thinking it was going to be something else and, and then not it being that. Um, my favorite from Rogue One is the, 
what is it? Some, the, something Guardian of the Wills? Is that the, how what it's called? Oh yeah, it's like gosh. Guardian of the Wills. It's sweet, the one right? that plays when Yeah, Chirrut it's like, dies. like yeah, and, and Cheer, it's yeah, like my favorite character. That's amazing. So mm. I, I like, I really like that, um, that sweet and that whole like the Master Switch. I, th- I don't know if that's actually a track or if that's just a part, but I like that. That is a track, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, I like that too. Um, Solo has one of the most perplexing pieces of diegetic music that I'm just like, <laughs> weirdly, I'm just obsessed. I'm obsessed with the fact that they put a polytonal like song in Star Wars. And I'm talking about not Jabba Flow, Chicken in the Pot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. <laughs> I was <laughs> like, am I really hearing like all these keys at once? Oh, it sounds yeah. very Charles Ives. Like, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> wow. I'm, I'm, impressed that they did that i think it's i i like when star wars is like weird with their music and when they like take yeah. chances on especially on the diegetic music which is like when you can really have fun like the cantina or like whatever mm-hmm. um so, i was like it's sexy kind of <laughs> i don't know i like not being able to immediately categorize it into a feeling that's familiar you know it yeah, kind of yeah. shakes me up and challenges me um and so i like that um i really intend to do a more thorough analysis of the John Powell score at some point because it I think it I think it was very I think I think it was very impressive in a lot of ways um but Solo's the movie I've seen the least so Hmm. it's yeah and then as far as the other stuff I'd say Clone Wars I wasn't really into, I didn't really like the music that much at first. So sort of the same, but like by the end, by the stuff at the end of the last season, I was like really liking the electronics that they added. Mm -hmm. Um, So, but I mean, that whole show is also, you know, the familiar trajectory of like, it took me like four watches to like actually get through it. (laughs) And then once I did the last watch and like, you know, got through the first couple seasons, then it was like easy. But at first it it was like, oh my gosh, I saw season one so many times, but then I just kept (laughs) dropping off. (laughs) Yeah, Dave Dave Filoni, like Dave Filoni and like the people that work with them, like they're the kings and queens of like, I don't know if I'm like, oh, this is getting really good. Yeah, Yeah, some of some really great like arcs in there. Um, Mm -hmm. I actually did. I actually tweeted a like a review of each episode for Clone Wars and Rebels. So Mm -hmm. so somewhere online, there's like massive threads of like um, sort of my take on the music of each episode, Mm -hmm. (laughs) every single episode. So I did think about that a lot. Rebels, I feel like. at least at first, I noticed a lot of just reuse of dee 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 dee. Yeah. And that sort of yeah. got old after a while. <laughs> but then they dropped that. And so that's, I was that's glad. That's how you, the was around. <laughs> yeah. But no, but it would be like the little, the smallest thing. It would be like pick up a water, like drink a glass of water. Dee 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 dee. Like around the corner, like I just feel like it was everywhere, and I was just Zeb, like, "All right, let's." Zeb looks at Ezra disapprovingly. Do, do, do. It's like, okay, I get it. Yeah, yeah. Like, let's not sprinkle that on too much now, okay? Right, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. but I like um, Hera's theme is actually really interesting because it sounds very similar to Leia's theme. Mm-hmm. Um. And of course, we're hearing it in Bad Batch now. In Bad Batch, um, I like 
Fenix theme, which hmm. I don't know if it's actually a theme, but it's we hear it like in our episode. It's not on the soundtrack, but like it's all in the episode where we meet Fennec Shand. And I, hmm. it's like this violin thing. See, I like the violin stuff. Wonder why. Um, yeah, I don't know. You haven't busted out the violin at all. <laughs> oh, yes. Here we go. Do it. So Fennec. To think back to like episode, uh, when did she come in? For episode four, was it four? Uh, four, three or four? Yeah, it goes like. It's like this really beautiful, um, mysterious to me, you know, harmonic minor type mm -hmm. of thing, but it's it's played on a violin yeah. and the violin um it's a very melod like it's a it's an instrument that really sings um gives me cat vibes mm -hmm. like, like a cat like you know like like pouncing on its oh prey i can almost. totally oh that's interesting i wonder yeah. if you're yeah. i wonder if it's because of like the little jumps and slides yeah yeah i was gonna say it gives me like a feline type of yeah yeah it's like very agile in that way, and that describes Fennec. Like, yeah, absolutely, Fennec theory. <laughs> so I love it. I when love you said that, though, my mind jumped straight to Tom and Jerry, and then from Tom and Jerry, it, it jumped to <laughs> "Is you is or is you ain't my baby." <laughs> <laughs> That's just how my brain works. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's awesome. incredible. So, yeah. In my head, I'm like, the season still has to wrap up, and I'm waiting for that theme to come back. Please make it come back. <laughs> I'm excited. I don't know where this show's going to go. I We're, know, what, three or four episodes mm -hmm. left? I have no yeah. idea. I don't know. <laughs> Very excited. Well, uh, how about you, Camilla? I know you've been uh, doing a lot of with the Bad Batch, especially Omega's theme. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's the answer. It's Omega's theme. That is, um, I before Bad Batch, I would have said Omega, uh, Ahsoka's theme. But currently, mm -hmm. it's a mega scene. The, from the moment I heard it on in episode one, um, when the hyperspace is reflecting in her eyes. I mean, first off, that scene in general is one of my favorite scenes in all of Star Wars as well. Um, but but yeah, I I love a mega scene. I love how it for me is a picture of Omega's journey in the season. Like I I would love to revisit it once the show ends because i think there's something to be said in the in the way that the song progresses that it could also be again a picture of her journey through the season because at the beginning of the song it, it, there are two different melodies that are kind of distinct at the beginning there's the like do 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 do, do which is the main one i believe and then there's the do, 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 do. And for me, listening to it, it, it feels like the two of them are feel kind of separate and they're a little softer at the beginning. But then mm -hmm. there's a point in where, and I've, I'm not sure where the exact drums that it is, but the, the drums come in and then it kind of sounds more like a battle anthem. So in my head, it's a I picture about of the end credits. Not, no, the Omega theme, the actual Omega theme from the, um, from the the score that they that they released, the kind of bros released, um, volume one, bad batch volume one. It's it's it 
comes in and then slowly as the song is building, they add more progression or percussion. And in my head, it's it's like you have the main melody is Omega, and then you have the percussion and these other instruments coming in that feel very battle anthem-y, which is like the bad batch. Yeah, like military procession type. Exactly. Feels, yes. A hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. And so and they, and then they all they come together in such a beautiful way. And it's like they used to be they were very distinct separate, but then they come together and they're united. And so I think that there's something to be said and I'll have to revisit it once the show is ending over when like I said or the season. Mm -hmm because I think that it does tell the story of Omega and of the Bad Batch. Um, but then just the Omega part itself, again, I mentioned earlier, sucker for adventure, hopefulness, things in, um, in scores. And that is truly the epitome of crossing the threshold. Like she's crossing the threshold to go um, out into hyperspace and leave Camino for the first time. Um, and then, yeah, and then going off of with, with the end credits, is that it, you have like the Bad Batch theme and then you have a Megas theme in the end credits and how well they work together. Um, the first time I heard that, I was like, this is this is truly, this is a picture of of the show and of these characters and how they work together. So I mean, it, and it gives me all the serotonin as well. So we love serotonin. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Uh, Marjay Skywick says, in your opinion, what's the saddest, the Clone Wars theme besides burying the dead? Um, yeah. Death of a Master, the one that plays when even Peel PL dies. Oh, I, I can't really describe it. I mean, without getting copyrighted, like playing it, but like, uh, look at it, look it up. It's the, it's the, it's pretty much the scene, the song that plays when they're all like mourning the death of Jedi Master. What's that called? It's called the Death of a Master, I believe it's called. Oh. Which is kind of on the nose. If you had looked it up, you're like, "Oh, yeah, I died." Okay, gotcha. But um, yeah, that was yeah. a it was a surprisingly good um piece. I remember getting really like uh, and he said, "Besides what?" I was gonna say the one where Fives dies because that's another really sad one. But it was that the song he was talking about? Oh no, no, no. she 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 mentioned burying the dead, which is that's the season the seven end of season seven. Okay, that's the season yeah, seven finale. Exactly. You know, the one that plays when Fives dies is a is, is a rough one too, where he's like the nightmares are finally over. You can hear like uh -huh, the yeah, you can hear like the swell. Like, bro, yeah, yeah. That's another one that doesn't take Four like fives. pretty much that doesn't take anything from I think any of the other movies. Like that was like a completely original like mm -hmm. like oh my gosh yeah. i'm never watching that episode again by the way I, <laughs> I, never, I remember like people like say like oh top 10 saddest star wars episodes i'm like i'm, I'm not like, why i know what number two or number one is i'm not watching this I'm not, yeah. literally yep. hell no that and the I wrong jedi just rough Ugh. yeah i would also add i do think obi-wan is a teen's theme is That's devastating Specific yeah. and especially when it plays in the lawless, like oh gosh, because you have the you have like the build to before Maul does the deed, and then as soon as the the dark saber goes through Satine, then it's like the music cuts out, and you just the the I don't know what the instrument is, but it's like the ping ping, and then and then the into the theme. So and then you also hear it in the in season seven when. Um, when Bo-Katan is talking about Satine to Obi-Wan. So I, I would also add that to very, very sad Clone Wars themes. Yeah. And I'll also say that I appreciate the Mandalorian for the, 
parts of it, like there are some parts of the Mandalorian that really go all out with electronics in a way that I enjoy mm. <laughs> more so than, I mean, I think there's a way that I, there's a way that I don't like it. And there's a way, and then there are ways that I think are like really um, creative. And I think Mandalorian has some really great moments um, of that. Now, it's not like Apple, it's apples and oranges to compare like TV to movies and even live action to um, animated uh, because mm -hmm. the style is just so, it's just so different. Um, but I'm excited to see where the music of Mandalorian goes. And I also, I mean, maybe this kind of goes into what you wanted to talk about at the end, which was like hopes for the future, which is, I mean, I hope the music continue i hope the music gets a bigger budget mm. Mm, yeah yeah i could see mm. well for because for the the mandalorian it's ludwig um goranson yeah i think so and you know it's if it, he's he's doing a great job but it's like it's it's just him just trying to you know like <laughs> it's I, literally just him it's like um it's so for for me i had a love-hate relationship because there, there were there were some times in the Mandalorian where the music was too present for me. Like it was mm. like I'm watching the scene and the music is like, hey, 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 <laughs> hey. And it was like, no, I'm I'm watching, I'm watching this. <laughs> I want to uh, hear what they say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I, think I agree. There's with dialogue that. here. It's like, <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. and, you know, uh, Xbox Gamers goes, uh, can we talk about the dubstep theme for, for Mando? Oh my god. So, uh, but that wasn't all. I, I so I've mixed feelings specifically about the dark troopers because it, it would get all kind of dubsteppy when they would show up. Um, <laughs> really totally, but very much so. Kids were break dancing when they showed up. Like Mandalorian tries a lot of things, and some of them are like. Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> I was, the Decepticons are here? Yeah, right. I was, I was sitting there like, yo, Megatron made the best cameo of the year. Jeez, <laughs> man. But, but at the same time, um, like, specifically, you know, episodes seven and eight, uh, chapters seven and eight, um, do introduce some electronic themes and specifically electronic drums into it, um, which I think worked really well. Uh, I so actually, do you mean the trap drums? Yeah, yeah, there's some trap drums. Yeah. I, I liked them there. <laughs> um, but there are certain <laughs> episodes that, that gave me weird, you know, the, the prison ship one. I just, I just, one. I just couldn't do it. I just couldn't hang with that. that See, whole that's episode. hard because I, that wasn't just not my favorite episode. So mm. kind of everything mm -hmm. that goes with it sort of like goes down with the ship. Yeah. yeah. For me. I only liked it because Carl Weathers was in it. I love Apollo Creed. So I was like, look, I think he directed it too. So I was like, hey, look, as long as he doesn't die, it's it's an episode I can watch. It's like <laughs> no, I but but yeah, I mean, as far as um like Clone Wars and you know, mostly for, for Clone Wars, their budget and their abilities and um just grew over time. So not feeling at the beginning, but the more the series went on and they even talk about it, you know, of like we just found ways to make animation better 
cheaper and faster all at the same time so we could use budget for other stuff and like all of this stuff is building on one another but i think the bad batch has been doing the best so far out of um any of the tv projects and introducing sometimes the themes are are right on the nose but often in a good way you know what i mean like mm -hmm. when when they ran into the the Martez sisters and but we we got that industrial sounding theme while they were inside of the plant and stuff like you know I I liked that that switched up for that part you know it made me it made me happy um yeah and uh beyond that it's I I I do have I enjoy the themes from um solo and from rogue one but they don't they don't hit me right i don't have that mm. and and i you know, but for for a long time rogue one was my least favorite star wars movie so i think that probably has something to do with it um and then you, i i do like the music in solo personally but the the music was just kind of like a just like a topping to the scene right so the music never took me out of solo but it never captivated me or, or gripped me in that, it was just in that there. way. Mm -hmm. uh, like, like the train heist scene and the music is like, it, it works really well with the scene and, and it's beautifully composed, but there isn't, it, it almost felt like when you get stock music or stock pictures from, <laughs> you know what I mean? Copyright like it, like it, it felt like, um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I like totally it, know what you mean. You could put yeah. this on something else. and it This doesn't have a, a unique signature. And I think right. that is something that I think, that is why like I love the one through six, one through nine main, uh, you know, main soundtracks mm -hmm. so much. I feel like there is a see, completely subjective. I, mean, I also, I grew up with them, so I love them. But I just feel like there's a unique signature on them. Like it, it does, it's not just like, let me pull out a beautiful theme. It's like, uh, it has that extra thing that you, I, I can't describe, but it's just, I feel something and you know, I, maybe it's completely made up, but I feel it and I know what you mean. And that's how I also feel about Rogue One and Solo. Yeah. But also I, those are the movies I've watched the least. And so mm -hmm. I don't, there's not, I don't have those repeated exposures. So like, I don't know, it, there's no way that those could have, eclipse the original ones to me anyway there's it's it's already a losing battle <laughs> it's it's just true i part of me though feels like if you take if you took one of the tracks from one of the, the nine major films and put it on something else put it in harry potter or whatever i would be like oh this feels like a star wars track mm -hmm. that's cool you know and i that so that's it's like it's a unique feel but it's a uniquely star wars feel mm -hmm. yeah uh but yeah i mean that's that's just that's kind of my take on it uh but yeah lastly i want us to go around and uh sorry for taking up your guys this entire evening but this has been amazing um i needed this man meet you all well so what what are we what are we looking forward to um in the future from Star Wars from from music from it could be movies, TVs, books. You know, just what, what are you looking forward to in this incredible universe that has brought us all together? 
And then also give us uh, once again where we can find you and uh, your awesome stuff. And any last thoughts that you might have. Um, I'll go to uh, Camilla first. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's such an incredible time to be a Star Wars fan. My goodness, are we being spoiled right now with everything that we're getting? I mean, I can't wait for anything coming out High Republic related. I've been loving all of the High Republic stuff. Um, so very excited for what's to come, but very scared as well, because um, I feel like more people are going to go places that are going to hurt. Um, I'm going to not say anything more about that because no spoilers. Anyway, um, TV <laughs> shows. You read Rising uh, Storm. <laughs> I did. I did read Rising Storm, and I'm going to stop talking about it. Um, but my, I'm very excited. TV shows, all the TV shows. I'm especially excited about Andor. Um, if you follow me on TikTok at all, you know that I am a massive fan of the Star Wars politics, and and I'm excited to see if we get more of that in in andor and even just that's something i just would love from star wars more is more more just diving into the politics and and i would also love to see what i mean what happens after after rise of skywalker because the when the when the higher public writers were trying to figure out who the villain was going to be in 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 the higher public era they were asking what scares the jedi and so my question would be okay so what what then is the formidable villain after Rise of Skywalker, that is different than the Sith. That's different than the Nile. That's different than the Empire. Um, and and that's a very exciting and cool place to be in a new frontier. So I'm excited. Just really looking forward to everything that's to come. Um, and then and then last, I get again where you can find me. Uh, you can find me on TikTok at Boricua Wookie. Um, and then my Star Wars narrative podcast, Beings of the Galaxy, streaming wherever you listen to podcasts, as well on Instagram at Beings of the Galaxy Pod. And then last thing I will leave you with, I should have started with this, but I didn't. But I hope everyone is having a wonderful Wookiee Wednesday. Aww. Oh, nice. <laughs> Trademark it now. Yes. <laughs> I don't think Disney will yeah, ever have that one. <laughs> you can dream though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, awesome. Thank you so much for, for coming on. Um, uh, again, this is, this was Camilla's first time on here and, uh, would certainly not be her last. So thank you so oh, much. for Thanks for having us. me. So fun. Um, and Josh is our, uh, repeat offender or repeat. Offender. <laughs> wow. Hey, you don't want me on the show anymore. Just tell me, bro. <laughs> I was at work when I got your message, bro. <laughs> uh, always, always a pleasure. One of my favorite people to talk to. Uh, but yeah, what are you looking forward to and where can the good people find you? Well, I, I, I typically enjoy most anything that comes out of this franchise. I, I try and I'm, I'm interested in pretty much all of it. So where it's going to go in the future. I mean, I'm looking forward to Andor a lot. I think it's going to have a really, I hope at least it has a really cool, like cold war espionage vibe to it where there's not, maybe not an all out battle or a war going on during this point in time, but there's a lot of like behind the scenes stuff where you have to spy and like go here and go there and make sure you get out before like the empire finds you. So I've always been a big fan of that. And as a fan of rogue one in general, it'll be almost a prequel for one of the cooler characters of the movie played by Diego Luna, who's an excellent actor. Um, mm -hmm. I'm also looking forward to obviously season three of Mandalorian. I have no idea where they're going after Luke Skywalker showed up out of nowhere to pick up baby Yoda and say, all right, bye. So I have no idea where that's going. I'm assuming there'll be more 
fun there. Um, I'm excited for both Book of Boba Fett. I think I need to know more about the show before I really get excited. Because, I, I mean, I'm sure it'll be like a crime enterprise type. Like he's taking over for Jabba. He's like the new guy on Tatooine. So it'll be interesting. I think what I'm most excited for, though, is... um is um the game that's coming out i think ubisoft announced that they're uh making an open world star wars rpg and you know you haven't heard those words together since the second knights of the old republic game what 16 years ago so like a lot of gamers from that era are like oh my god this needs to happen now because we all want to like create our own jedi and run around and have fun with the story so i'm really excited for the games coming out um and that's what I want in the future. Uh, you guys can find me um, at Mace uh, Windu, um, Mace Windu, and then just put an AH in the middle if, that, if you're wondering how it's spelled. Um, <laughs> you can find me mainly on TikTok. I occasionally post on YouTube as well, same handle. And you can find me on Twitter and all of my boiling <laughs> hot takes. <laughs> boiling hot takes. I, I, I'm kind of I'm kind of crazy on Twitter, but. Really? I try, I'm, I, I'm, I'm not bad. I'm just, I'm a little political, but you know, what are you going to do? Uh, I'm, I'm very human rights centric, put it that way. How um, dare you? Yeah, but how dare me, right? But um, but yeah, uh, it's been a pleasure talking with all of you guys. Um, I'm looking forward to hearing more of you, more about you and more from you in the future. Um, and you have a friend uh, in this corner looking forward to what you guys have to offer I'm going to make sure I subscribe or I'm already subscribed to all of your stuff and uh, can't wait to see what you guys cook up in the future. You got a friend in me. All right, bro. Yeah. <laughs> let's, leave the, let's leave the motifs and the music to uh yeah, come on, yeah. hey, I thought I thought I channeled Randy saying? Newman fairly well. Did okay. I'm, yeah. just, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm no I'm no Josh. Um, I, I, and I'm but, I'm uh, yeah. Look, man, I'm tired. What what was it? Didn't you sing? Uh, Isn't she lovely? On on one of your videos, long oh, time ago. Yeah, it was, long it was beautiful. It was beautiful. Yeah. I think that was my first viral video. I got scared. That's really how scary. That's that's how you know he's talented. Um, uh, the algorithm does whatever the hell it wants. <laughs> I, or I he's a pirate. A, I posted about I posted about how it would be cool to dress up as a pirate, and for whatever reason, <laughs> TikTok decided to put me on the. I, I don't know. I I don't even explain. <laughs> Somebody was like sending me a message, like, "How did you do that?" And I'm like, "Do do you think that I would I, I would keep doing this if I knew how to do it? You know that, right? Like, come on, bro, like." Yeah. So, so, so Xanthi, which is not on oh. TikTok, if if I know I should be. Um, the thing is, I'm not good at short form content. That's the thing. I ramble. Uh, well, you know, there's a three minute feature now. No way. There you go. Yeah, yeah. there is. So if you need to ramble. That's what you can do. <laughs> so feel free to join us. Okay, no, but maybe. but Josh is referring to uh, he he jumped from like a hundred thousand followers to four hundred thousand in like three weeks. Because he's because he said I'm going to I was in he was doing a live video and there was like I don't know sixty to eighty of us in there and then it jumped to 120 and then 180 and then 200 and then 250 and then like 50 like, and then a thousand it got really scary. All so I the did was, was weird. Yeah, all, all <laughs> I said. Yeah, all I said was, hey, it'd be, I posted a video about how it'd be cool to dress up as a pirate. It was always one of those things that I kind of sort of wanted to do. And then, like, for no reason, really, it 
decided to explode and I don't dare try and explain why that was the case. I just rode the wave as long as I could. <laughs> it was it was wonderful. He also does uh some That's amazing all the best. Sea I shanties. like when things happen like that. Me too. When <laughs> when they're just not planned so meticulously and like over engineered. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean you deserved your viral moment. <laughs> um, Amen. That's actually what I am looking forward to about Star Wars. Or let if I mean, if I were to share my hopes for the Star Wars future, oh yeah, yeah, about, please, please go. For then it. I would actually say that, like, I, w- I, my biggest hope for Star Wars is that it keeps its unique signature, sort of like we were talking about with the themes, and I know it's really hard in this year, and I. I feel like I believe in Star Wars. I believe in Star Wars. I, I want, I, with all my heart, I do not want it to just become like all the other franchises. Star Wars is unique. And I, I just, I don't want to see it like fall prey to some of the, to like the whims of the internet or like, mm-hmm. you know, like I would like to know, I would like, Star Wars to sort of like be a leader in the creative industry, not just in terms of like best animation, but like in terms of taking risks, in terms of really taking chances on artists, like new artists and new kinds of storytelling. Like I'm excited about visions. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want to see it just like sort of be the easy the easy answers to things like not that they're doing that now, mm-hmm. but I don't think that I, I, I love everything currently out right now, but I will hope that that's, it's not all like the, going to be like this, like, you know, yeah. like, and I think it comes down to the music too. Like musically, I want way more risks to be taken mm-hmm. musically. And I would, I want to see them like, this is not just like, cause I'm an inside, cause I'm a professional musician. And so like, I feel like I want to fight for musicians rights and everything, but like, I feel like it shows up in the work when you really pay your artists and creators. Like I know that Star Wars authors, a lot of them do not make a lot of money, like do not get to keep all their rights. Like, uh, I mean, any right, like very little percentages. Like I know that people who work on Star Wars, like give their soul and like we benefit from their creative output that enriches like this universe so much. And they're not, always like compensated in the best ways and um they don't you know i i would i want to see them like hire real musicians to be performing their stuff rather than doing everything just like sample libraries everything a synth score you know with fake strings and fake brass like it's fine but they could be leaders even though it's more expensive they could be leaders and um you know all these studios are shutting down. Like I'm a violinist and like, I don't have that many, like I, I do not have, like there are no scoring jobs for me anymore. You know, like the, those, those, those studios are all dwindling. Like they'll hire out to like other, and this is not just Star Wars. This is mostly like others, other people, but you know, Star Wars does it too. Um, just because it's cheaper to like use the Budapest or like use Prague or like, or, you know, and not pay you wage like union scales here. And I think it actually like is important that um, the creative like lifeblood of Star Wars and this and like the storytellers, 
the animators, the artists who are like coming out of art school and like fresh faces, don't have all the connections, are maybe underrepresented, underrepresented, don't have that many like opportunities. Like I think it's so important to take chances on those people. Mm -hmm. And I I feel like I don't know of any like franchise or major like major story or production that hasn't taken a chance on like something fresh and you know not had that strike gold sometimes like i just i i want fresh i want fresh blood in here <laughs> anyway yeah, keep star wars weird i mean I, keep star that, wars weird like <laughs> you you just you just spoke to to my to my soul because I, there's so many things i feel like you know like i, I love the mandalorian but it's safe it, it exactly. Makes safe mm-hmm. um, I, I, I'm enjoying the Bad Batch, but it's it's been safe. Safe. And, yes. and I, I'm like, I'm enjoying it, but I'm waiting for this catalyst for this lightning. The stri- like all the pieces are there, but it's not. It's so safe that it's not hitting me in the heart. Like Star Wars, yeah. has, the High Republic has. High Republic is not. It's not safe. And for me, and the, it is a lot of books do. For me, the Thrawn books do. Yeah, mm. absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, and so I, I just have this fear that the, like you said, the the loud internet community has bullied them into a corner where, okay, we'll just keep it safe. Um, who do they like? Okay, we'll just write that person into the next episode um, yeah. to keep them happy. And and not not that that's what they're doing right now, but I don't want that to become the status quo. You sorry you. No, but yeah, continue. I'm, continue. I'm so glad because also, like, I'm, I'm here for Star Wars to be a visionary to, um, you know, the strongest voices attract and repel, and just having like a generically washed over. Like, I don't want that. I don't want that in Star Wars. You know, I'd rather personally like really dislike some things and then really have some other things that are really taking chances and like also just speaking like I, when pride month like during pride month seeing all these like companies and all these like things being like look at all our queer characters i'm like oh clone wars is on here who's the queer character in clone wars like mm-hmm. you know claiming people like retro- retroactively to sort of like like i i would like i wish disney and lucasfilm or whatever just were not allowed to see social media and could not respond like either positively, like in the pandering way that people claim that like they pander, which, you know, everyone does. So I wish they could, I wish they could just be a little bit more shielded from what public immediate opinion thinks so that they could just like stick to a vision for a little bit longer term rather than like testing this, testing that. Let's make sure we don't piss off too many people. Like, oh, we'll do a show. Like, how many shows are going to have people are wearing helmets? So we don't have to see too many faces. And, you know, just, I mean, I just keep Star Wars, keep Star Wars weird. The place for new, for art to be, for new artists to be discovered. New George Lucas's new, like, you know. I agree. I just think Star Wars could be such a place for that. But speaking as someone who graduated from art school, I, my colleagues, you know, you know, they would have loved to take a job at, at Disney, but also there's this sort of sense of like, well, I mean, but I don't really want to like go corporate, like, I don't know, like, would I, would I even have that much of a voice there? Like, right. and the fact that, yep. 
that that is something that like actually really talented and weird artists have to like are thinking about. Um, it makes me like wish that Star Wars were more attractive to those kinds of people too. And I think mm -hmm. we're, I think I'm, I'm just excited for visions. Like I'm, I think that is a, might, I have high hopes for, for that. And I hope that the music Same. is also, I hope the music is like all very different and unexpected and not just all the same. Me, and yeah, me too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I actually, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Um, I also think a lot of the, a lot of like the whole, like wanting to make star Wars safe. I think a lot of that you see, in like the more toxic environments of the star Wars community, you, you, you hear like common things like, um, I miss it when it was just this, or like, you know, like almost like code words on like whistleblowers for like, I miss it when star Wars was just about this, not all this. Uh, and you're like, ah, I see what you mean there. Yeah. So like, I think, I think uh, in, in a sense There's of no like, minorities it, in space. Yeah. Black people. <laughs> yeah. And so, and so, um, it also like it also diminishes like how original Star Wars can be and how unique Star Wars can be. Not even from a political standpoint, but just from a creative standpoint. When you're always worried about, you know, like not to get on this, but like people were mad with the Last Jedi for changing the character. I use quotations of Luke Skywalker. People were heated about it. I was mad about it for the longest time until and until I finally told myself I was like, okay. This is a character that changed and I think changed realistically enough um, decisions made in his life that caused him to change like this. He's not going to be this beacon of, you know, epicness for his entire life. You know, I thought Ryan Johnson did a pretty interesting thing there. I thought that was a pretty good example of taking a risk with something that, you know, we're not really used to seeing. And I, and I wasn't very comfortable the first time I watched it because I was like, I'm not used to seeing Luke Skywalker like this. So I wish on that level, I wish they would do that. more. I do wish they would do that more instead of always keeping like Obi-Wan is always this person. He's never wrong. Yoda is. Always I don't want. Wise I don't want to predict where the beat's going to drop every time. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I, I don't want. I don't want like, oh, Luke is going to save everybody. It's like, what if he just said. It, I'm I'm done. Like, what if he just did that? Ryan Johnson was like, "What if Luke Skywalker just said, you know what? I don't want to do this shit anymore." Because what done. did we all say earlier? We were like, "We have no idea what's going to happen next in the Bad Batch," and like that is such an exciting feeling. That is exciting. It's sort of like, oh, next week's going to be another Absolutely. adventure. Okay, exactly. Like, we're sort of like, oh, and I and I and this is like why I don't also don't watch trailers, but like I like this feeling of like it reminds me of being a fan when I was a kid, and I we're being like dangled on a string and like Tune in next week it's for not the... just, you know yeah it's, it's yeah. So predictable and yeah so like, and so like, and like nothing... the marvel universe has reclaimed this because the marvel movies did start to get samey but you can't tell me you knew what was going to happen on loki you know i mean that's <laughs> fair yeah and, yeah and, and that that feeling is <sighs> And so, so the the bad bash has actually started to make me lose that feeling because I I hate spoilers as well. I am there, opening day, uh, for every movie. I I am I'm staying up. I mean, I'm fortunate to live on the West Coast. I'm staying up till midnight to watch mm -hmm. the f episode of Loki seconds after it drops. You can't spoil it for me. It's not possible. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I'm I'm starting not to feel that on certain things. It's like, well, I can watch it tomorrow. And even if it's spoiled, it's like, oh, I already figured. <laughs> you know, and I yeah, that's that's where I'm that's that's I, I'm excited to keep going. That's why the acolyte is my most anticipated show. Oh, because, I am excited about that too. Absolutely. What, what is it? What what is yeah. it? You know, and if they're keeping the same lifeblood that's in the High Republic. Oh my God! It's gonna be it's gonna be amazing. I think that's gonna be yeah. their foothold. That's gonna be their like live action or animated or series foothold into the into the High Republic era. Because right now the High Republic is strictly a comic novel campaign for for Star Wars. Right now, I think the Acolyte when that comes out, hopefully people really are intrigued by that era. I think once they're really intrigued by Acolyte, there will be a greater interest on a widespread on a widespread level in the rest of that era as well. People want to know, mm -hmm. oh, what 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 happens before that? What happens right after? Like that period between the Phantom Menace and this. What's going on around here? So I think I think the Acolyte will be a very important series when it when it starts getting hitting its stride. I am very excited mm -hmm. about that one as well. I'm hoping yes. it starts introducing certain things that hey, like like maybe we'll get a hint of like what plague is maybe <laughs> like it's yeah. the best novel. If yeah. you guys haven't, I say this every time. If you guys, I'm almost done with, it. I'm almost done with Dark Are you Plagueis. reading it right now? How do, you, do you like it? Ooh. You know, the first 20% of it, I was like, this is kind of slow. And then, like, like, and then, and then when then, it picked up, I was like, whoa. <laughs> once he meets Palpatine, it's like, oh my God. Yeah, I was like, I love, I, oh, like I before I'm how, like, okay, we're finding out about his trading yeah, and like, whatever, his banking. Mm -hmm. Okay. I, I remember I remember yeah, read, I remember yeah. listening to the audiobook and I remember the first 20 minutes of the uh audiobook. They were like, Yeah, his master was a bith, and the bith are the ones that play the dun 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 dun, dun like I the know. big and I was like, I can't get over how his Sith master is is the guy that plays the instrument essentially. And I couldn't get over oh a cat. That's Anakin. <laughs> Anakin, that's his name. It's her name. Yep. She's a oh. we, don't, we don't care about gender here. All right, yeah. all right, based. <laughs> but not, yeah. but not. Darth Plagueis is a fantastic read. Absolutely. <laughs> She's a drama queen. Let's <laughs> go. That is something. That's she made right her exit. There, there we go. Is, that's something getting that's Someone named Anakin would do. Uh, yeah. There you go. Messy, messy Skywalkers. Awesome. And I, I'm so sorry. I oh yeah. I'll we got so excited that we jumped in before you plugged it's, your stuff. <laughs> it's fine. Um, I have a podcast and YouTube channel called Star Wars Music Minute. Um, I mean, and our very own Chaco over here is gonna be a guest. I mean, he already was, but it's gonna be airing in a couple weeks. Yay. And I'm also on Twitter and Instagram at Star Wars Musemen on Twitter and at Chrysanthi Tan on Instagram. <laughs> I also post weekly guess the tune covers. So uh, if you think you can guess um, songs based on the the one minute cover that I do in the violin, then check out my Instagram at Chrysanthi Tan. On the weekends after Bad Batch episodes, my friends and I gather to do a music and sound design commentary slash breakdown slash quiz. So we each come with like prepared examples from the show and then we like take turns playing things and being like what part was that and people um try to guess like where they heard that it's really fun and you can just find that at the star wars music minute youtube channel and personally i mean i'm 
a composer and a violinist. So I have a, you know, music on Spotify. I have music out everywhere. And you can check <laughs> that stuff out at Chrysanthi Tan. I have a Star Wars cover also, Battle of the Heroes. Um, it's on all the platforms. Some TikTokers <laughs> have done stuff to it because my music shows up on TikTok. But um, yeah, if you watch TV, uh, look out for me in season four of Glee. <laughs> That was a oh. fun year of my life. Um, Amazing. Really? Yes. yes. Playing violin. And yeah, I mean, you can hear my violin playing on like Halsey records and like some pop stuff. So I've done a lot of stuff in the pop and TV world because I live in Los Angeles. Yeah. Music <laughs> nice. everywhere. More you know. We have a celebrity in here, guys. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> hey, uh, if your music if your music's on TikTok, it's only natural that you put yourself on there, you know. True. One day, you know. We're we, we're all for it and we'll all boost have the hell out of you if you can. When I join TikTok. Yes. You'll have three, you'll, you'll have three friends, <laughs> exactly. but but you'll you'll also have a community there that that I think could benefit immensely and I'm not even trying to like toot toot your horn or like gas you up or anything like that. I think the Star Wars community could really use insight like yours. So especially on TikTok, oh, yeah. he's got these young huge. these that young kids, so these young kids growing up like 13, 14, 15, 16, like they want to see, they need to look at Star Wars from a more nuanced perspective, especially from a musical mm -hmm. perspective. I think, I think we're sorely lacking in that on that app. Also, I mean, if if you think these these two are awesome, uh, there's there's a lot. I mean, they are awesome, but there's the, the <laughs> there's TikTok even Star Wars better community. People. I'm not <laughs> shit compared to who's. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just saying that I've never met a more concentrated amount of awesome in the Star Wars community. So definitely welcome, um, and you would you would be among friends. And also, I think I think you would just kill it because it's upsetting how talented you are sometimes oh my but, gosh uh, it's, oh nice it's, i on I, I thought you were on tick i was like wait you're oh i think oh, you should be on the app yeah I think yeah. You, would do an excellent, yeah you would do an excellent job well, now that app. i know i'll have friends there oh um, yeah absolutely <laughs> so many friends yeah absolutely thank you and the cool thing about the stars community is once they find you They'll be there the whole time. Oh, like you, we'll we, won't, I love we, won't leave, we won't leave you alone after we find you. So it's yeah. <laughs> uh but all right. Thank you guys so much for joining. This is an awesome episode. I uh so glad to have you guys join. And um every one of you guys are definitely welcome back. Um I'll I'll be inviting you back and hopefully we can all uh like contribute on it and each other's stuff going I know. forward. I look future. forward to collaborating with all of you in the future. Agreed. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, I'll let everyone have their evening back and uh, may the force be with you always. always. You too. Yub nub. <laughs> Victory <laughs> celebration. 